Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys for being with us here for episode 252 it is monday december the 27th 2021 and we are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe Murata, joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael Howdy, one more episode for 2021 michael this is this, is, this it. is it this is all this is all she wrote this is all she wrote but thank you guys for riding with us here as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling we hope you had a good christmas if you celebrate that or boxing day i suppose yeah boxing day <laughs> is that because you're putting things in boxes what is that it's because you're you fight your family with boxing gloves it's also that that's what they do over there okay yeah that's what it is that's what i understand anyway but I I, anyway in all seriousness guys thanks so much for being back with us here whether you're back to work or you're on break whatever the case may be we're glad to be with you to romp you through the world of retro wrestling before we get to that i want to remind you of a few quick things you can follow us on twitter at ovp podcast do that if you want daily wrestling gifts there's like 10 or so a day follow us there there's no drama just fun times at ovp podcast on twitter you can also email us if you want to at ovp podcast at gmail.com that is at vp podcast at gmail.com but quinn if people want to talk to you and me and well over a thousand other retro wrestling fanatics what's the site they can go to the website over at uh, facebook.com slash boxing day right it's a great site about just that day we're celebrating no, nobody it. goes there any other day but boxing day. just boxing day. just boxing day but over at boxingday.web over there um there's a search bar oh and you type in the search search bar our vantage point dash wrestle wrestling podcast big on boom tubes work hit this join button you're in you know the button it's green and the only thing that you are agreeing to when you hit that button is one rule. One rule only, which is don't be what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And all we mean by that, folks, is if you want to talk about old wrestling, you want to put opinions out there, topics of discussion, debate, feel free to do so. The only thing we ask you is don't be a jerk to each other. Can you handle that? Can you dig it? If you can dig it, go to our Facebook group. Just be nice. No personal attacks. You know, you don't need to get that upset about someone's opinion about wrestling. It's really not that big a deal. It's not worth it. Really, it isn't. No. I, I, I'm just, that. that's it. That's all I have to say. It isn't worth it. We don't give out awards for, like, best opinion or something at the end of the year. Yeah, or worst opinion. So you don't have to worry about, like, if your opinion's shitty. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're good either way. You're good either way. So go to, go to our Facebook group if you have a Facebook and join that. And if you want more OVP content, some people do, some people don't. But if you do, you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You can get your hands on the 1984 canon. Cindy Lauper has arrived. She's here, baby. It's a great time. You can also get the pay-per-view reviews. The latest one right now is King of the Ring 94. They go all the way back to the first WrestleMania. And coming up for January, SummerSlam 94. Again, that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to support us. All right, Michael. Mm -hmm. Our opening segment for this brand new season here. We are talking about, folks, about how wrestlers sometimes they go from one promotion to another, sometimes from WWF to the WCW, vice versa. Mm -hmm. Maybe even TNA is involved in this. It could be. Yeah, them. Uh, even AEW these days, it happens. But we're talking about some of these 
important interpromotional moves that wrestlers made, maybe in the 90s, 80s, 2000s, in a segment we call The Jump. Should I stay or should I go? Might as well jump! Jump! Welcome back to The Jump, where we're talking about a wrestler that changed promotions, the effect it had on the wrestler's career, and the two promotions involved. And we are taking your suggestions all season long for this segment. Feel free to drop those on our Facebook group or shoot us an email or do it on Twitter. Quinn, this time around, we're talking about a pretty big one. This was a big one. A pretty big, important one here. We are talking about the macho man, Randy Savage. Because I am ready and I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Yeah, when's the Macho Man? Well, well, WWF lost the ability to say that. Yes, they did. We're talking about when Savage jumped from WWF to WCW. Although one could argue that the signing of Randy Savage in 85 was a big deal to begin with, he went on to have a really great career. He was there nine years. Yep. And the circumstances involving Randy Savage's jump to WCW are pretty well documented, but we'll give you a quick rundown. And I'll start back in 1991 for a reason here. So in 1991, Randy Savage, as far as we know, tells them he wants some time off. He's not really retiring after WrestleMania 7. Right. But he just wants some time off, get his shit together, take a break. He'd been going hard he, for I, six years. Didn't he want to like ha- start take a family? A, start a family. That was the, the main thing he wanted to do. Right. Take a minute here and take- get established. Yep. Elizabeth, I love you. He was always planning on coming back, but he's pressed into service at the end of 91 because of an injury to Sid. Okay. And he takes on Jake Roberts, has that great feud, and then Hogan is on his way out. So Savage becomes the champion because they needed somebody reliable. They put it on Randy Savage, and he's an active wrestler all of 1992. In 1993, he starts to wind it down and then becomes a color commentator on Monday Night Raw. It's Damien Demento, my favorite, The Undertaker. And at pay-per-views, WrestleMania 9. The Grapes were great, and the Chicks were cool. Oh, yeah. King of the Ring 93. The reason we're in Dayton, Ohio, is because Hulk Hogan wanted to defend the World Wrestling Federation championship belt right here on the heart of America. And he wrestles sporadically throughout 1993, finally getting an actual angle again at the end of the year with Crush. Yeah. And that stretch... <laughs> and that stretch... No wonder he left. 1994. Now, my theory, Quinn, tell me what you think of this, because, you know, there's a lot of conjecture on the whole deal with Randy Savage and why he wasn't wrestling. My honest opinion is this. He wanted to be a commentator in 93 and 94, because if he didn't, Vince needed people. Mm -hmm. If Savage truly wanted to wrestle full time, I believe he would have, plain and simple. They needed people. Wait till Duke the Dumpster Drossy comes to the World Wrestling Federation. What I think happened, personally, is... In 94, after WrestleMania 10, we've always heard this story about how Randy Savage wanted this long program with Shawn Michaels, right? He probably sees this ladder match. Mm -hmm. He probably sees Michaels on the rise. He sees Bret Hart as the champion, right? Mm -hmm. And they wrestled, by the way, uh, in Japan, Savage and Bret, in May of 94. And he teamed up with Bret Hart in September of 94 in uh, Germany. He probably, that is probably around the time he pitches to Vince some of these ideas that he had you know, I want this feud. I can get Michaels over, you know, all this stuff. Right. And that is probably when Vince is like, no, probably something to that effect. That's my um, theory. Because by that point, 
you know, Vince is like, you're the Babe Ruth of yes. wrestling now, with whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> with, <laughs> like, with Hogan gone, yeah. Savage is now the next Babe Ruth, right? He's the next Babe Ruth. <laughs> right. But what's weird is that this is why this whole, like, I don't really know what happened happened No thing, one does. Because, you know, if Hogan came, was in the Babe Ruth role, yep. right? Vince would let him wrestle whenever the fuck he wanted to. They do let Hulk do whatever he wanted. Probably. You know what I mean? But to like be Ma- fair. Macho Man, on the other hand, it seems like there was some kind of resistance yeah. to him wrestling for some stupid reason, even though he like wasn't that old. Yeah, wasn't that old. And I'm specifically talking like 94. Yeah. You know, like post-WrestleMania 10. For the record, folks, Randy Savage's last televised WWF match was WrestleMania 10. Right. He was there until... October of 94, but you wouldn't see him wrestle on TV, just select house shows, right? The thing is, is I also think, you know, something had changed from, in 1993, oh, that's cute that Macho Man doesn't want to wrestle. Like, we can't wait till he just wants to wrestle again because we need help, right? And and for the record, the Crush program was his idea. Right. But then, 1994 comes along and all these new gen guys that they'd um, spent some time in 1993 building up, they're all becoming something. And so now Vince is like, I don't really need Randy Savage anymore, even though he kind of does. Oh, Sparky's on his way to the World Wrestling Federation. Here's the thing. When I talk and think and look at 1994 in general, those pay-per-views really do shine up a big turd of a year. You mean in terms of the TV versus the pay-per-views? The TV is so bad. Yeah, it's not very good. It's horrible. I agree with you. It needs something like Randy Savage but on he, a week-to-week basis. But he was sitting there calling it with Vince instead of wrestling in the ring. I didn't know Double J knew the sleeper. What are we doing here? Exactly. And that's what Savage evidently thought at some point, because the story goes that right before the November 7th, 1994 Raw, he called him up. I think it was the night before that weekend. And said, uh, Vince, I'm not going to be there. I'm signing with uh, WCW. And Vince McMahon was very hurt about this. You can see it on that Raw where he actually acknowledges Randy Savage. <laughs> Which is rare, by the way. They never acknowledge people leaving. No. Never. He, he, they didn't even acknowledge Hogan leaving. They didn't. Yeah. They decided not here anymore. Or like, yeah. <laughs> just ignored it, basically. We don't have those old fogies. <laughs> yeah. I, you know. New generation! Yeah. Here's Roddy Piper! Yep. And... Vince McMahon actually took that time. So the last time we had seen Savage was on the October 31st Raw. My thinking was that Vince thought if he didn't burn the bridge down, that like maybe Savage's you know contract was a year or something. And right. they're like, oh, he'll go there and he'll, he'll come back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. That's probably what he thought. Because he loved Macho Man. Which is why the the like nice send-off or whatever. Yeah. Like, cause Very it's probably, rare. Because it probably was just like, oh, I'll just wait out and he'll come back home. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he loved him. Yeah. He loved Randy Savage. You right. could hear it in his voice when he was announcing with yeah. him. Whenever he was on commentary, when Savage was wrestling, he loved Randy Savage. Mm -hmm. So then one month later, December 3rd, 1994, WCW Saturday Night, Mean Gene, get on in here, Sarasota, Florida. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's welcome to the WCW. Oh, oh, I can't believe it. This man has done it all. The macho band, Randy Savage. Welcome to Atlanta. Ooh, yeah. And Randy Savage appears on WCW programming. Saturday night, obviously, was their flagship at the time. And holy shit, what a boon to WCW this was. So this, to me, it's not as big of a boon as Hogan. No one is. However, what it to me, what it proved was that Hogan wasn't just like, it wasn't just Hogan being his like, I'm the biggest thing. And, you know, the, you know, and it wasn't just like Hogan cronies anymore. It was like, like beefcake. Yeah, it was. It was and, and honky. Yeah, it was actual like P 
people who were of Hogan's level yes. coming to all of a sudden it was like, oh wait, like WCW, this isn't just like a one time thing to get Hulk Hogan and right. you know, like th- there's gonna be other wrestlers. And they came in in droves, you know. Th- that was like a big revelation right. to the whole situation, right? And I think from a fan perspective, and those of you that were there at the time, I was, I remember when this happened. For me, I had been watching Raw and Randy Savage was the announcer. And then I turn on WCW and I'm like, wait, Randy Savage is here? And I was like, holy shit, this is a real company. And he's a wrestler? Yeah, and that was the thing, right? Yeah. So he comes in and as he always does, he's like, oh, I don't know if I like Hulk Hogan. Like yeah, always, immediately. right? <laughs> yeah. Even though he's a face, which yeah. is weird. I might like, yeah, I might not, you know, yeah. that whole thing. And obviously they do team up and they are allies. And Savage now, to briefly summarize his WCW career, he has some good shit. He has the whole Hogan angle, right? He has a fantastic feud with Ric Flair that you really like. I've when. always liked his Ric Flair feud because this took the like feud from WF to yep. like the next level. It to did. the point where like Miss Elizabeth turns on him. Yes. Like, why did they never do that? Right. Like, it's cool. Evil Miss Elizabeth yeah. to get out of this, and right? Also, Ric Flair is just... Ins- Ric Flair, by the way, during that feud, <laughs> it's comedy Ric Flair, but it's also psycho Ric Flair, and it's like this big thing, and it's amazing, right? It's he, so great, man. Like, there, there's so many good promos he cuts during this shit. Like, the one where, like, remember they, like, he just beat Savage for the world title again for the umpteenth time yep, because they would February trade the belt back and forth. Mm-hmm. They roll him in on a gurney, but he's, like, under the sheet, and, like, <laughs> Miss Elizabeth and woman, yes! they, like, and he just, like, he just, like, comes out of the sheet, and Gene's like, what is this? And then... <laughs> He's just like, woo! He's like, he just flips the fuck out. Like, Ric Flair was like, this brought, like, new life to Ric Flair after Hogan beat the crap out of him for, like, a year annoyingly, (laughs) right? It was like, all of a sudden, Ric Flair is, like, fun again, right? He was fun again. Yeah. And obviously, it brought new life to Randy Savage, and it proved that this guy still had the gas in the tank. Yeah. Because not only was the Flair feud great, and he did win the world title, lost to Flair, he had a good 96. He was in that, obviously, the NWO match, you know, the Bash at the Beach 96 match, then went on to eventually join the NWO and had a stellar feud, Quinn. I know you like this one, too, with him and Elizabeth teaming up, even though they're not together. It was good. Against DDP and Kimberly. Right. So I thought this was weird, by the way. They never it. really, like, said how they got back together. They're, they're, they're both in the NWO. They're, so They're both in the NWO, and, and it's kind of like, this is dumb for Randy Savage <laughs> to not be with Miss Elizabeth. Right. And plus, they're both heels, so now it's even more fun, right? Yeah. It's like, now Miss Elizabeth can be the, the Miss Elizabeth she was for like a month or something back <laughs> in 1985, where yeah. she's like sly and she might do some shit. Right, like, yes. Yeah. Instead but, of the damsel in distress. Right, and it, it, it's super fun. It was. Yeah, and so they, they have like a good timing in this DDP feud. Yeah, they do. Yeah. No one told Randy what the finish was. It's, Randy, what would you like the finish to be tonight? Well, I think I want to take the diamond cutter tonight. I'm just looking at Arn, he's looking at me, and he's going like, well, Diamond, uh, I hope you realize it's an important thing for your career. I'm like, yep. Then Savage has a pretty good 98. He wins the world title for like one day. He's feuding with Hogan again. He goes down to a knee injury. He's briefly in the Wolf Pack. And then when he comes back, we got the um, What Up Mach era, which is kind of just like his final hurrah. That's his like repackage. Yeah. Like, honestly. And, you know. I didn't hate I, it. I didn't. Yes. that I wanted to say this because I didn't hate this either. I didn't I, love it. He was doing like weird shit. Like, I thought the concepts were interesting. The idea of having like three different women women that represented aspects of his like career or something. Right, like I yeah. thought that was like this is like only Randy Savage would think of this weird shit, right? With Gorgeous George and, and Deuce yeah, <laughs> Medusa. Yeah. And, uh, and Mona, Mona 
I like that angle only because I know it's all Randy Savage. I know he, oh, yeah. this is his booking and his ideas written all over it, and it's just him running wild. All of the details, probably yeah. even down to his hair. Yeah. You know, the pony, the, the tiny ponytail. Yeah, yeah the, the whole look. The nipple shirt. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, and then obviously he leaves WCW in 2000, and that's the end of the jump part of this. So let's talk about repercussions or implications for Randy Savage, first and foremost. Totally the right move. Because he got to shine as a wrestler even into his mid-40s. He had a second career a little yeah. bit. It, it didn't last long. It's not like it's not like Hogan who just kept fucking going forever. But it's a pretty big extension on Randy Savage's career that might have never happened in the WWE. He would have just sat at a desk the whole time. Exactly. I mean, point. I don't know. I See, the only thing is that when the Attitude Era came along, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, Savage wasn't there long enough to experience the real doldrums when they like could they almost couldn't afford to pay people remember like 95 you mean yeah like yeah. 95 he layoffs. just left before that what would happen then because like i'm interested to see savage would have probably had to go through the attitude era transformation yeah of people like being chaotic and stuff and there might have become a point where there was no choice but to put him in the ring savage stone cold or savage bret hart right you know? i'm saying i'm saying they would have been at their at their knees as a company and they say, well, we have Randy Savage we sitting need- here. He, we don't have a fucking choice. Yeah. He can't do this Babe Ruth shit anymore. I mean, there's probably right? some validity to that, Quinn, because yeah. they almost brought him back in, in in early 97, late 96. I think by the end of 95, they really would have been screwed. Like they they would have they would have like said we have no other alternative sure. than to put Randy Savage in the ring on a day to day basis. It's quite possible. So for Savage, though, definitely a great career move because he got more life out of it and he got more he got some good feuds out of it, some more good matches. Uh, and it really did help his career, I think. For WCW, we discussed a great move for that yeah. brilliant fucking move bringing in Randy Savage. To me, it exemplified the concept that the new generation, while good for new stars, it never really was about the new generation. And I said this at the King of the Ring review. Savage was the perfect example. When they tried to put him on the side, like it just didn't work. And, and they were risking exactly what happened here. Yeah. Honestly, they got what they deserved. This yep. wasn't like one of those like jumps where you're like, oh, that stinks. It was right. like, well, they didn't use him. They didn't like, use they, him. They didn't use him. He had every right to like leave and His contract like was up. Have an actual like career. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the ring. And for WWF, you know, it's hard to say because obviously they soldiered on, but I'm sure that they could have benefited, like you said, from having a Randy Savage in ninety five yeah. and ninety six. Um, Really like late 96, having Randy Savage in that that commotion of Stone Cold and Pillman and all that stuff yeah. going on. Like, I, I just, I can't imagine how much, how awesome it would be, to be I, honest with you. I, I agree with you. And if you know anything about Randy Savage, folks, and the way he put together matches and storylines, I can see him having a tremendous feud with Steve Austin. Oh, yeah. Or Shawn Michaels. Well, or yeah. Mankind. Savage, though, was always a crazy person. So I don't know how Austin and him, if he might overshadow him by accident. Because Savage, so. is, uh, Savage is crazy. Austin's supposed to be crazy. I think yeah. it would have been magic yeah. in all seriousness. And they only got to wrestle like once in WCW in 95. But So anyway, that wasn't to be. But I think for Savage, great move. For WCW, again, kudos to them for freaking scooping him up. And WWF, hey, 
bit of a boner there on their part. Yeah, it's the one time we can say, wow, WCW, they did a good job oh, here. Oh, they outfoxed him completely. Yeah. Oh, you want to wrestle here? You yeah. know what I mean? You want to work with Hulk Hogan? Also, creative control. And when you give Savage creative control, that's actually good. Because <laughs> yeah, right. he's not too much of a politic. Or like, he doesn't need to be he the just, champion. He just wants to tell his stories. Like, and that's it. And he's like, one of the best. Yeah. So, folks, let us know what you think. Uh, what were the implications for Randy Savage jumping from WWF to WCW? What did we miss? What are we not thinking of? And what would have happened if Savage had stayed? Because I think Quinn made a good point there. They would have, at some point, probably had to be like, all right, shit, let's just put Savage in the ring. Yeah. I really think you're right. Did you see 1995? <laughs> sure like, did. There's like nobody there. There wasn't. Pushing comma. Like, get out of here. <laughs> You're absolutely right, Quinn. So, folks, on that note, let us know what you think of Randy Savage's jump from WCW to, from WWF to WCW and give us suggestions for The Jump this season. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But when we come back, it is week number one of the worst Royal Rumble matches in WWF history. That's right. It's the Royal Flush. And it is coming up right after this. Oh, At this time, uh, obviously conspicuous by his absence, is the macho man Randy Savage. And I'd like to uh, announce, unfortunately, that Randy Savage has been unable to sign a, a contract with the World Wrestling Federation, not unable to, uh, rather, come to terms with the World Wrestling Federation for a new contract. But, Randy, I know you're out there listening. And uh, on behalf of all of us here in the World Wrestling Federation, all of your fans, and certainly uh, me, the number one fan, I'd, I'd like to say thank you for all of your positive contributions uh, to the World Wrestling Federation. Thank you, Randy Savage, for, for all of the wonderful memories for so many years here in the World Wrestling Federation. We wish you nothing but the best. Godspeed and good luck. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. Get the hell out of here! And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 252, Monday, December 27th, 2021. How you doing there, Michael? Hi. Hi. So we're ready to jump into the Royal Flush. But before we do that, folks, we just want to remind you guys, if you like OVP, if you like what we do here and you want more of it, we have two different separate shows available on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. This will not break the bank, right? The it bank won't. won't get broken. No, it'll be intact. Yeah, it will no. be. All you have to do is sign up at patreon.com slash OVP podcast and choose your tier. There's a $2 tier and a $5 tier. The $2 tier is the 1984 canon, like we mentioned earlier. This is where we're going through every episode of WWF Championship Wrestling. Right now, we're in June of 1984. Cindy Lauper has arrived. Rock and wrestling are about to connect. It's about to get serious here. It is. You can enjoy it with us for just two bucks a month in video or audio form. And then if you want to upgrade the highest tier, the highest we go is five bucks a month. And that's going to get you the 1984 canon and every WWF pay-per-view once a month. It goes all the way back to the first WrestleMania out right now, King of the Ring 94, coming up in January, SummerSlam 94. My exhortation to you is if you've been thinking about this, if you like what we do, you want to hear what these pay-per-view reviews are all about or check out the canon, give it a shot. If you don't like it, just cancel it. It's fine. We don't get offended. Yeah. You can do whatever you want with this subscription. Right. If you want to try it and you don't like it or you don't have time to listen, then just cancel it. But if you're into it, give it a shot. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast.
No, Michael. Yes. Royal Flush. It is time. I can't wait. I know you look forward to the opening of the Royal Flush. Yes, every I do. season. I, I do. This is, now. This is the worst. This is so, the worst. This is not the. This is the the stinkies. This is the crap. Yeah. So, th- folks, this, let's see how stinky this opening is. We will. So, before we do that, though, what is the royal rankings and royal flush? Well, every season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top ten of something and your bottom ten of something. And for this season, the category that won the poll was Royal Rumble matches. So we take all of your votes, we put them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. Each week, we pull out two names, and we rank them. We alternate best and worst. By the end of the season, what you will have is the definitive certified organic non-GMO baptizer day, non-GMO certified, USDA certified, actually, for mm-hmm. the record. Oh, okay, thank you. Organic and healthy. Best and worst Royal Rumble matches of all time. Now, obviously, there's nothing on the board yet. Not at all. This is the first week of the flush. So just to remind you guys, we don't vote. All we're doing is ranking. We're going to randomly drew already two names that are coming out of the tank. Mm-hmm. We are going to see where they rank. And you let us know what you think, okay? Quinn Royal Rumble matches. We kicked off the rankings last week. The good ones have a good roster. Yep. Good moments. Mm-hmm. Good ending. Yeah. An ending people wanted, perhaps, or at least one that makes sense yeah. in the storyline. they like. <laughs> <laughs> or even if it's a heel, at least it makes sense that yeah. the heel won it, right? That, yes. What is... A bad Royal Rumble? Well, it has horrible roster, usually. There you go. Um, Or it has a terrible ending that nobody ever fucking wanted, (laughs) ever. A lot of laying around. A lot of laying around. A lot of Royal Rumbling, as I call it, where they just, it's like, I'm pushing you, but (laughs) we're just sitting here for five minutes. No real moments, no real spots that stick out, no no cohesive storyline. It could be something like Dick Murdoch's in it or, you know, <laughs> shit like that, right? Or some guy that no one knows from another territory. Yeah. This or, happens. Or, or like a cybernetico. Yeah. Or, you, you know what I mean? Yes. So with that said, folks, you're going to let us know what you think when we're done here. But without any further ado, it is time to go down to Howard Finkel for the first Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now. Shawn Michaels at this time is throwing his name into the many names that will be competing at the Royal Rumble in Fresno. A lot of fire in this youngster! It's the Royal Flush of Royal Rumble matches. For a lot of moments there. A lot of fire in this youngster. Stunk. Yeah. Fresno. Yeah, Fresno. <laughs> I like I like how the music for Sean like it's <laughs> all emotional know, or whatever that is like yeah. <laughs> anyway, folks, it is the world. okay. No, hey. we don't need to. Do- We're trying to talk here, toilet. Come on, toilets. Okay, yeah. so we have talked about some of the criteria that makes a bad Royal Rumble match, and obviously, as the season goes on, that criteria will be refined. But it is time, Quinn. If you are ready, I am ready. Me too. Let's go down to the fans and find out which Royal Rumble match drew number one. Batista said, I'm going to be champion. Deal with it. We cannot escape this match, Quinn. It's like a stain. This is Royal Rumble 2014. It's the stinkiest, in my opinion. I hate this thing. 
let me just put it this way. It got a lot of votes. To me, it went from being what could have been the greatest Royal Rumble (laughs) ever, right? Like, seriously, it had that potential, right? Because the roster was good. Everything was lined up. It was like this whole Daniel Bryan thing that they'd been building for months and months and months. Since SummerSlam or earlier. (laughs) They they had this situation (laughs) where... Oh, all odds, like Daniel Bryan, he's probably not in it or whatever, because they never tell you who's really in it back then. They tell you a couple people, but they never really (laughs) say you like 10 people. Yeah. And they're like, I guess I guess I got to guess the rest. Right. And it's like, oh, Daniel Bryan. Right. He's been the biggest thing all year. Everyone wants Daniel Bryan. Right. Yep. What makes this worse is there's like CM Punk in it and stuff, too. It's like there's good things. Oh, yeah. There's good people. There's potential here. There's a lot of potential in this Royal Rumble. So without rehashing the entire Daniel Bryan storyline, let's just put it this way. He was very popular during this period of time. Uh Uh-huh. And Batista had just come back and everyone was kind of perplexed as to why he came back. They weren't like mad at him as much as they were like, but why? Yeah, that's all it was. It was like, can he fight someone else? (laughs) Right. Like, not beef in the title thing. Right. So the Royal Rumble 2014 was in Pittsburgh, January 26, 2014. If you were going to give the United States of America an enema, you'd stick the holes right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The roster here will run through. We're doing the entrance. I do want to mention, um, you mentioned CM Punk. He drew number one. Right. This was his last WWF match. Ever. Yes. To this day. Yes. Unless you're listening to this podcast in like five years yeah, and somehow in WWE again. The Babe Ruth of the WWE yeah. now. Uh, and CM Punk was hurt, was sore, was sick, was tired. He was done with it all. And yeah. I'm prefacing that because I want to just mention something. He's in the Rumble almost 50 minutes and he does nothing. And, and no- I'm pretty sure he had like some kind of like horrible fucking infection, infection. or some yeah. shit on his back. And he was mad at the doctor for even... For not taking care of him properly. Yeah, yeah. So normally I would give someone shit for just laying around a Royal Rumble for 50 minutes. Like actually hurt. But if it, <laughs> And I have no reason to not believe him that he was legit sick and like, like that infection story wise was and gruesomely yeah. like that was so <laughs> disgustingly detailed right. that I believed him. I believe him. <laughs> yeah, like on that podcast, I listened to that whole thing and I was like, that's gross. Yeah. Like that's it was, nasty. It's pretty gross. Yeah. So uh, normally it sounds tantalizing. Well, CM Punk's in there for 50 minutes. He doesn't do anything. No. He pulls a road dog. He does. He just lays around. Uh, And number two was Seth Rollins, who was still very much shield here. He wasn't like, I'm the authority's chosen one or whatever that horrible era. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Roman Reigns were like a group. They weren't individuals pretty much. Nobody thought of them that way. And they were starting to catch on. They weren't faces yet. They were still heels, but they were starting to catch on a bit. Yeah, they were popular as a unit, not as a... Individuals. Not as individuals. Right. Number three was Damian Sandow. If you recall anything about him, he had a, a variety of eras. He sometimes wore like a bathrobe and looked like the genius. And then he started doing the thing where he copied people and the, did impressions. The worst thing is that uh, the worst thing I can say here is I can't tell you which version of him what he was at this point because he had so many different versions. He did. And you know what? He's a talented guy and everything, but ultimately amounted to like nothing. And this is before he was doing the impersonations for right. the record. Can I just say this roster at this point particular time there's a lot of talent there's a lot of talent people who were either misused or went elsewhere and did something great Mm -hmm. later or or became big stars later in wwe i always think this 2014 2013 time period they had a special group they did on, on their roster and they didn't even know it 
I think that's like Maybe. I think that that's what says the most about the state of them at the time. That's a fair point. I mean, as some of these names are going to run down, you know, they went on to either be something in WWE or AEW, and they're they're yeah. pretty good talented. Or people. like the next guy start his own company, Cody Rhodes number yeah, four. Yeah, Cody yep. <laughs> like that's a pretty big deal. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Kane was number five. This is, for the record, the era of the corporate Kane. Corporate Kane. Stunk butt. <laughs> it was bad. I, I don't like... Dicky pants. I don't just, li- just like, just no mask. Yeah. Just no shirt on. Not good. Yeah. He wasn't <laughs> even Kane anymore at that. Like, why do they even call him Kane? I hate that he kept wrestling. I Listen, I really liked Kane in the 90s. Right. And like the early 2000s. But even at the time, I was like, why is this guy still fucking wrestling? Yeah. It really he's, pissed he, me he's off. He's only in for like a minute or something. Good. Like, yeah. CM Punk actually eliminates him. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, at the time, he was known as Alexander Rusev. Yes, Rusev, or uh, what's his name now? I forgot he changed Miro. his name. Miro. He changed his name. But yeah, you know him as that. They call him the Bulgarian Brute. He's Alexander Rusev. This whole Rusev. He was in NXT at the time. At the beginning, yeah, he was an NXT man. Um, at the beginning, they were really pushing him as like some big monster. Yeah, right? he was supposed to be this like you know Eastern European brute, right? Yeah. And he had Lana, who was clearly you know impersonating uh, Brigitte Nielsen. Yeah, from, from Rocky, from Rocky Four. Four. Yeah, yeah it's like she's controlling him or like making sure he doesn't get in trouble. Remember that Rusev crash? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was just it was literally Rocky Four. <laughs> it was like. Again, it's the usual, like, oh, Vince watched that last night, like, in 2014. 30 years yeah, later, yeah. practically. Like, oh, that's a good character. Yeah. We, we should have him be the, the guy. You know, we'll have him run on the treadmill that's high. And, yep. And, <laughs> <laughs> now, I always liked Rusev. I yeah. always did. I think he's a very, very talented wrestler. I was a big fan of his. Number seven was Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger. The perpetually misused Jack Swagger. Yeah, and honestly, not exactly buckets of charisma oozing out of the guy. Yeah. But very good wrestler, I always thought. They should have always pushed him as simply just talent. Like, not as a character. Because he's bad at it. (laughs) Fair enough. I won't even add to that. Yeah. Number eight is Kofi Kingston. This is endlessly talented. (laughs) Still there. Yes. And this is before New Day, by the way. Yeah. He was just Kofi Kingston still, but excellent. Not Jamaican. It's weird to think of a time pre-New Day because I got to tell you, man, New Day ended up being hot shit. They are still to this day. I feel like they're like weirdly their most valuable property because they they're the only thing that they have that crosses over into the mainstream. Like they they're on everything. New Day like get individually guest star on like TV shows and stuff. They're all very charismatic, yes. likable, yes. talented guys. So again, this roster is very special. Yeah, one hundred percent. Jimmy Uso. This is still the uh, your mom's a cyborg era. Your mom's a cyborg where they're they're just like the talented, you know, Samoan. Uh, yeah, babies. that's like, what it yeah. is. The Samoan Rockers is essentially yeah, what yeah. their gimmick was. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Uh, Goldust, because fine, he's still going today. Yep, and he, still he <laughs> was there for until like nineteen or something. Yeah, he was yeah. there forever. It's just Goldust is like the Iron Man of wrestling or something. Seriously. I don't understand how he's still going. He is good, man. Um, he doesn't even like he looks old, but he doesn't look out of shape ever. No, like no. I don't know how he does it. He can go. Dean Ambrose was yeah. number 11. Dean Ambrose. Remember when he was called that? Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. Moxley. John Moxley. He's now been there so long. It just feels like he... Remember Dean Ambrose? Remember Dean Ambrose? Yeah. Here he was uh, the leader of the Shield, um, but he was kind of... Um, he didn't have a character. He didn't have that much of a character yet. U.S. champ for 100 years. Yeah, that never defended character. it. Yeah, never defended it. This is well before the, like, I squirt people with ketchup or whatever the this fuck. This is before he went crazy. Yeah. Like, this is like, he's... He's less they crazy. To make, they didn't understand that the, the, the crazy gimmick was his gimmick. Right. 
Number 12 was, hi, I'm Dolph Ziggler. Whatever. I have nothing to say about him anymore. I don't care. Is he the longest? He's like longer than Bonanza or something. Like he's just, <laughs> I can't believe this man, how, how long he wor- has worked for the World Federation. I know. Like, he was it's, there forever. It's, he's not even that good. He's in the spirit squad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a good wrestler, but so is Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a cap with certain people. Yeah. There mm-hmm. is a ceiling. Our truth was 13 because... Our truth's fine. I have no issues with him. He's in for like I really, 30 really seconds. Like him. Yeah, I like him too. Uh, here's one of the surprise ones. If you recall, gradually starting in like the late 90s and throughout the 2000s, there would always be these surprise like legends coming so, back. Yeah, they ha- they throw a legend or two at you. So who do we got this year on the legends list? Kevin Nash. Oh, what? Listen to the ovation. Are you kidding me? I'm okay with that. In 14. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Because you know he's not going to win. Was he? I, you know, I, I forget because he made one other Royal Rumble appearance as a legend mm-hmm. where he was Diesel. That Is was this the one where earlier. he was Diesel? No, he's just Kevin Nash okay. here. I think he was Diesel in like 2011. That or was really over. fun when he came out to the Diesel music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He came out as Diesel that one yeah. year. Uh, and he was eliminated quickly by Roman Reigns. Of he was only in for like not, two minutes. He's not really there to... I don't it, fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> So like, a payday. Oh, I will be the legend this year. That's my role. <laughs> this guy's eliminating people the way I did. I don't care. I don't yeah. give a fuck. I just want the fucking money. Fuck a fifty. I don't. I, I don't have time for this. I don't like, fucking care. As long, just don't hurt my hip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fifteen is Roman Reigns again. Yeah. Heel at the time. Yes. So this th- is this is okay. Well before the Roman Reigns stigma. This is where we need to talk about this Royal Rumble. So Roman Reigns comes in, and he just starts eliminating like everybody. Sets the record. Yeah, he sets the record, right? They basically, ironically, right after Kevin Nash, yeah. pull a Kevin Nash yeah. with Roman Reigns, right? And people are fine with it. And people are fine with this. But here's what they didn't understand. People are cheering and hooting and hollering. They're like, Roman Reigns, bro, this is so great. Roman Reigns is yeah. eliminating people, right? Yeah. They took this as, oh, well, he's got to be more popular than Daniel Bryan. Like, right? <laughs> it's like everyone, what they don't fucking understand is that anybody who eliminates 700 people in a Royal Rumble is going to be popular for fucking 15 minutes. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that they're the future of the company. Bob Backlund got cheered at the 93 Rumble for being in the whole time. Right. It doesn't mean put the world title on him right. the following and- year. Hey, Dickweed. They did that anyway, you absolute dog penis. What makes it worse is the reminder of why you don't do this had come out right before him. (laughs) (laughs) Diesel is the exact example. 1994 Royal Rumble. He's the first one. He's the template of why you don't give the mega push (laughs) to the guy who did good once in the Royal Rumble. Like, you know what I mean? You're absolutely right. You didn't see them pushing Ricky Martel after being the record holder in 91? I can't make, we can't make this shit up. I can't believe, I didn't even remember that Kevin Nash came, but look at that. Look how fucking ridiculous that is. You're right, Clint. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, Number 16, the Great Kali, he's in for 20 seconds, and The Shield, just only The Shield eliminate him. It's funny. I love The Great Kali. He's, oh, he's inoffensive. He, he's so good. Once he's out of the world title scene after like 2000, whenever that he's is, the 10, funniest shit possible. He's completely like, fine because he's like self aware. The whole, he's part of the joke now. Yes. Like he's, he's like involved. The Kali kiss cam and all yeah. that. Like it's fine. Uh, Seamus was uh, number 17. He's in for a long time. More Seamus on him is later. always a guy that I just wish that they could do more with him. I like him. I just like him. Great worker. I just he like is. the guy. He's like, a good worker. Yeah, and he just seems like a nice person, too. Yeah. Like and a he good seems dude. like he has talent. 
And, and he calls people fella. Yeah. Remember the fella era? Yeah. It was a good era. I can't ever, every time I think I'm not going to like Seamus, I can't bring myself to not like the guy. Right. No, yeah. he's fine. He's good. He really is good. Uh, number 18, another guy that I really don't mind, The Miz. Yes, The Miz. Old Reliable. Uh, he's going to be Hall of Famer this year, Joe. Good! <laughs> well, I think that's a joke. Nobody knows if that's a joke or not because it's weird because he's still active. doesn't matter. He, he has my vote. I, I really hope it's a joke because that's that they've never tried that before. They're not going to do it, they, Quinn. They're not. Uh, number 19 was Fandango, who was doing jack shit at that point. He was over because of the song that one time in 2013. Is this before he had Summer Rae or after? This is, is it like oh, that's what? a good question, actually. When did he get summer? I know he got summer, I want to say in 14. Well, remember, original Fandango girl. Yeah, the, I forget the, her the, name. The, she she name? Was like a, no, she never did. She was just a dancer. She, she was very mysterious, and but, then Summer Rae came along. But that whole theme thing was the day after WrestleMania the prior in 13. Like, okay, then Summer Rae's probably gone by this point. She might be with him at this point. I, I don't remember, mm-hmm. folks. You can let us know. I really don't care. Good night, everybody. Please drive safely. <laughs> number 20 is El Torito. There he is. Now, if you don't remember this. I have no issues with these things. You know this. This is Mascarita Sagrada. Uh-huh. He was there in the WWF for several years. I think yes. like three or four years. He was with uh, Los Maradores because he's the little bull. Yeah, El Torito. Well, somebody's got a feud with um with um, Hornswoggle. Too bad they didn't bring Dink in the feud with him. Yeah. Yeah. Number 21. I'm saying the full name because that's how he was known <laughs> at the time. Antonio Cesaro. Yes, Cesaro. Remember, remember. The, that's him. He's, he worked there, too, back then. That's another guy I really like his work in the ring. Yeah. You know how you can tell we are so early on in a lot of these people's lives in WF? They all have first names and stuff, like <laughs> Alexander Rusev and yeah. all these things that they would just drop because it's stupid. I don't know. I mean, I don't mind Antonio Cesaro. I do. Okay. Cesaro just sounds cool. I guess I don't so. know why. It just sounds cool. And for those of you that maybe never were up to speed on that, that's Claudio Castagnoli from right. you know other places like Ring He's been Cesaro like longer yeah. than he's been Claudio Castagnoli. At this point, yeah. It's, it's that's I don't I don't think a lot of people even know if you said that name to them, they wouldn't even know what the fuck that is anymore. So I bet a lot of our fans would, but our maybe fans, but the mainstream probably not. had no idea. No. Number twenty two, the uh, unfortunately departed mm-hmm. Luke Harper, Luke Bro- Harper, Brody Lee. He's here, and I'm not just saying this to be like I'm cool, but I always liked him when when we saw him in ROH. I liked him. He was good. I always liked Brody Lee, and I liked him when he came in with the Wyatts. I'm a big fan of his. Number twenty three was Jay Uso, yeah, the other Uso. Mom's a cyborg. The the other half of the cyborg twins. <laughs> the cyborg uh. twins, uh, and then. The one and only. Oh, I love him so much. And he was announcing at the time. He pulled like a Jerry Lawler Yeah, they, here. Did, they did it the exact same. It's the Jerry Lawler thing to a T. He's like, I'm good. And then immediately gets thrown out. JBL. Mm-hmm. Maggle, oh, we're having fun, Maggle. By the way, the commentary, I hate this commentary team of King, <laughs> Michael Cole, and JBL because it's awful. I don't like it. I've if never liked it. they threw JBL out because I think King could. King and Cole were fine together when they, they wanted to be. I love I, I love King as a commentator. I don't care what anyone says. But JBL would just have this list of fucking stats that some intern yeah. gleaned off of Wikipedia and shit. It was so shit. bad. It was, it was intrusive. Remember that? Just on the side, remember that random year where King decided to return heel again? Yeah, but only like for a little while. Wasn't it when he was teamed with Morrow? 
It was something like that. Like a couple of years it ago, was right? Amazing. <laughs> Just for like a little uh, while. It was, like, <laughs> it was totally refreshing. It was. Like, I was like, oh, King's like saying shit again. Like, <laughs> that was funny. That guy sucks ass. Instead, like, of, instead of his 2014 era where he's like, wait, if they go over the top rope, does that mean they're yeah, eliminated, Michael Cole? Yeah, this was the year where King, they basically said, King, you're, you're, you're saying things so that the kids who have never watched or like, the uncles that have never watched. Yeah. You, so basically, King would serve this role where he would serve up a question to Michael Cole. It'd be like, so if he goes over the top rope and both feet touch, that means he's eliminated, right? And then and then Cole would it would like feed Cole. It's like, well, yes, King. And, you know, the rules are that every two minutes and, you know, he'd like go into a spiel about so, the rules. So that means he's out, right? He yeah. can't go back in? Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. And number 25. The other guy from the Shield, I mean from the Wyatts, Eric Rowan. Whatever happened to him? I don't know. Didn't he eventually become just Rowan something, or he was a Viking? I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. I, I don't fucking know. Number twenty six, Ryback. Yeah, remember him? I don't like him. No, I really don't. Like, I, and I'm not being. I don't mean he's like personally. Of, no, I just don't no like him. No offense to Ryback, but he's kind of like a punchline these days. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm I sorry. never got it with him. Maybe I just missed it because yeah. when I started watching again, he was already a thing. But feed him more. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I want him to shut the fuck up. That's yeah. what I want him to do. Speaking of an, a guy that I want to go away, Alberto Del Rio. Well past his expiration date by yeah. 2014. Horrible. Really? Seriously? Yeah. And then number 28, Batista getting a nice cushy spot there. Now, I'd like to explain something here, right? I'd like you to. Batista was coming off being in Hollywood and actually being fucking successful. I don't think like, he had done Guardians of the Galaxy yet. That didn't come out yet. But he was starting to get roles and he was known, right? Uh, I, I remember yeah. when he came in, like, it was to the point where, like, he was understood as, like, a yes. mainstream star. He had done role. He, you're right. When he left the first time, Hollywood Batista the first time. Right. Yes. He hadn't done Guardians, though. That was, like, his big breakthrough, which came out after this. But, yes, you're absolutely right. He was already an actor. Right. He was already an actor and he was slightly bigger than the company at that point. I feel like he was, he was, he was getting, he was hitting that point where he was like breaking through being bigger than a WWE person. Yeah. He right? was at that point where they probably needed his name value more than he needed them. Yeah. It was just starting to happen yep. at that point. And then once guardians happened, he was like light years ahead of WWE. Correct. Like now Batista is like, anytime you watch a movie, you turn your head, there's Batista. You yeah. know, he's it's just, just like in, he's, he's in everything. He's just days. known. Right. Yeah. So he's here. And uh, the crowd's kind of like mild to him. The animal is back. The winner of the 2005 Royal Rumble. This whole time, by the way, there's random Daniel Bryan chance. There's random yes chance. I would say once we got to about 20 ish. Yeah. All of a sudden, everyone's like, okay, when's Daniel Bryan? Right. right? We're, we, we've completely skipped over this, but that is that is the gist of the, the crowd, yes. right? The crowd at this point is like, well, when's Daniel Bryan? When's Daniel Bryan? And I think at this point, when they saw Batista at 28, they said, oh, Daniel Bryan's going to be number 30. That right. that makes sense, right? It's like, he, you know, Daniel Bryan, like they hurt him or something happened to him. Or Yeah, well, uh, Bray Wyatt beat him. Bray Wyatt beat him earlier. So, and I think that added to it too because the audience had always been conditioned, right? If you took a loss earlier in the pay-per-view and if you were scheduled to do something later, that you'd get a big win. Bret right? Hart Royal Rumble 94, right. for example. Bret Hart WrestleMania 10, he lost to Owen Hart. And then he, like, 10, yeah. the, the audience was conditioned that if wrestler A loses badly and he's scheduled for a second match, that he's going to have a big win. Big in, heroic, big heroic win, right? Absolutely. So this is what the audience is expecting, right? Yep. So basically, after we get into the final ten here, 
the audience, every time the entrance thing goes off, they're like, they're like yesing. Yep. They're like, yes, okay, Daniel Bryan's going to come out, right? Yep. Daniel Bryan's going to come out. So, number 29 is Big E. And this is not as good as it sounds. Again, I wasn't paying attention at this point because I was like, that's okay. That's okay. There's still one more, right? There's still like Daniel Bryan. That means he's going to be number 30. Great. Fantastic. And for the record, Big E had a last name at this point. Remember Big E Langston? Yes, Langston. Langston. Not just Florida man on Twitter or whatever he calls (laughs) him. him. (laughs) And then number 30, we count down. Yes, yes, yes. Booyaka, booyaka. The minute that booyaka hit, yeah, it was Booyaka. Who's it going to be this year? Well, the odds are in the favor of number 30. Final man, 10 of the 2014 Royal Rumble. He is the winner of the 2006 Royal Rumble, Rey Mysterio. He holds the record for lasting an hour, two minutes, and 12 seconds. Won't have to last that long tonight. You literally hear the crowd absorb the disappointment in real time. There's like a hush. Yep. They're like, what? what? And then some, some people screamed fuck at the TV. I screamed fuck <laughs> at the TV. Fuck! Then within, I want to say 10 to 15 seconds. <laughs> boo! For the like, rest of the match. For the rest of the match. Everything got booed. No matter what was going on, it didn't fucking matter. Everything. Everything. Every single thing got booed. Roman Reigns has been in this match longer than both Batista and Sheamus. Roman Reigns, 30 minutes in this match. The only person that didn't get booed, and this is only out of like necessity and attrition, yeah. is Roman Reigns when it was Wait, down to him again, and Batista. It doesn't mean <laughs> He's over. Right. It doesn't mean we want Roman Reigns. We want Daniel Bryan right. because you know what the crowd was also chanting? Daniel, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> like, so, they, <laughs> like, it was like insane to me that yes. they like took this as a signal or something. So the crowd's shitting all over everything because they really thought Daniel Bryan because like Quinn said, people will be conditioned. Now, some people would say, and I've said this too, they never said Daniel Bryan would be in it, but you brought up a good point earlier. They don't announce anyone, everyone. Yeah, they never anymore. announce everyone. They announce they st- like 10 or 15 right. people, maybe. They stopped doing that like years ago. Right. Where they so, announced the whole roster. So, so the concept of, well, Daniel Bryan, one of their biggest stars, not being in the Royal Rumble is weird right. in the first place, right. right? Yep. But he isn't. So we come down, we come down to uh, Roman Reigns and Batista, and you guys know the deal. Roman gets cheered. Batista gets booed. That's the reverse reaction that they wanted, right. by the way, because Batista's a face here. Batista wins. Everyone boos. The negative reaction that this Royal Rumble got, like immediately and still retrospectively, is r- insane. Listen, I've been a fan for many years, <laughs> and I've, I don't think anything has pissed me off in real time like this ever. Like, I'm serious, like, because this was the era, too, of people, you know, on the Internet and stuff like that. And and this really it started to explode. I could not believe the Internet app. The Internet 
lost its collective mind. I was hoping Roman Reigns was going to win. I kind of didn't want Batista to win the Royal Rumble, but he's going to WrestleMania. So I thought he'd be like part-time or something, and then Roman Reigns become the WWE champion. This felt like a middle finger. To, oh, I know. To, to, to the fans, like a big, big time. Is this the one where Mick Foley went on Twitter and complained, or was that 15? I can't remember. I, I think it was this one. There was a lot of people complaining. <laughs> like, there was people who were who were known people complaining. <laughs> right. Like, this, this triggered off, like, a chain reaction that was so big yep. that for the first time in their history, they were forced to reverse the booking. They had to. Like, it was so big. Bad. It was the most one of the most tone deaf decisions they had ever made, and the fans let them know it. And it wasn't just the internet for once; it was the fans in the arenas, yeah. yelling at them. Everyone like, just liked Daniel Bryan right. this period of time. Now, I'm not saying that would have always been the case. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He probably would have run out of steam eventually. He probably would have been turned on by the fans, right? right. But for this moment in time. He was the most over guy they had. Yes. He just was, yes. you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And it was just, it was, like I said, I think the important thing here was that it wasn't just the internet. It was the, the fans was in, the, in the arenas around the countries, the armories, whatever the fuck they go to. Yeah, the armories. They, they do still do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, right. I just mean to say is like the, all, around the country, Daniel Ryan was... The man. He, he was the man on ESPN. You'd see people doing the fucking yes chance at games and shit. Yeah. So it was just one of those brief things that caught on. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they reversed course. They actually did fix it. Yes. But they fell ass backwards into fixing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That wasn't the plan. That's Royal Rumble 2014. You ready to find out the next one, Quinn? Sure. Okay. Let's find out who drew number two. Ninety-five, your boy. What, what's people's problem with this? Uh, it sucks. What do you mean? Roster. What? It's mainly roster, and it's like ten minutes. This Royal Rumble. <laughs> it's really short. <laughs> but thankfully, yeah, because if it was longer with this roster, yeah. holy balls! All right, Royal Rumble ninety-five. Quinn's personal favorite at the time as a kid. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yes, HBK baby. This is what we have to blame for you becoming a Shawn Michaels fan for this, life. This was a big important <laughs> moment to me. I know. Now, okay, I'll be kind about so it. So, could you please explain the special stipulation of this Royal Rumble? Well, there's two. Yes. As always, the winner goes on to fight the champion at WrestleMania. Of course. And that was Diesel. And Pamela Anderson from, I'm not being facetious, the insanely popular show, Baywatch. Right. Like, not being funny. Mm-hmm. Worldwide star. She's going to be at this event, watching right. it the whole time, very bored. Yeah. And then the winner of the Royal Rumble gets Pamela Anderson to Ooh. accompany them to the ring at WrestleMania 11. In their title match. In their world title Correct. match. What a step. Additionally, because this roster is poor, <laughs> we, all entrants will come out every one minute. For the first time ever. Yeah, for the first time. I, I, did it ever happen again? I don't think we've ever did 60 seconds ever. <laughs> so there's 30 people and after 30 minutes, we'll be done here, <laughs> yeah. Like, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's insane. It's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, the Rumble, for the record, is only 38 minutes long. It's Good the shortest Lord. one. The roster is very 1995. Remember we were talking about how Randy Savage would have been of benefit? Oh, he would have been helpful in this situation. <laughs> yes. And he'd only been gone for like a month. And the, other, <laughs> and the other problem, Quinn, is most of their other big stars already wrestled on the card. Brett. Diesel, mm-hmm. Undertaker, Bam Bam so There's Bigelow. really just no one in this thing. 
No, Razor. Yeah. Jarrett. And I'm that's pushing it with calling him a star. But mm-hmm. like, so for the record, Shawn Michaels, who drew number one. Okay. He was being pushed since right after like SummerSlam Survivor Series 94. He had started wrestling again, broke up with Diesel. He was on the rise here. Right. In earnest as a main event push right. for the first time. So Shawn Michaels is number one. He's got a lot of hype going into this. Yeah, This match was designed to really put Shawn Michaels over. It's a vehicle right. for him. Yeah. yeah. You'll see what they do with it roster wise because this is not a lot to work with. So mm-hmm. number two is in a long time with him and that's the British Bulldog. Yes. The man he won his first title off of. Right. Absolutely. So that's, that's what they're going for there. And the Bulldog was pretty popular at this time. He had recently returned at SummerSlam 94 and he was a, a name. Pretty good name. And they reference his fucking 1991 Samovar Trophy win. They need to not ever mention that, please. <laughs> they did do it. Uh, but here we go. Number three, making their debut cold on TV. No one even knows who these guys are, but we need people. Eli Blue. Who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Obviously one of the Harris twins. I yep. don't care which. It doesn't matter. More like Eli who? Thank you. I'll be here all night. Try the veal. Lick my put. Number four, Duke the Dumpster Drozy. <sighs> Come on. Really, Duke? Really? This guy guy stunk. That's because he was a garbage man. Which is exactly what you are for not thinking of that joke while you were recording. Am I on a roll, or what? Who wants to line up, strip down, and fuck me in the Uh, end? Number five, Jimmy Del Rey. Yeah, of the, you know, (laughs) of the heavenly bodies, those jerks. Now, I love Jimmy Del Rey. I really do. But... It's a Royal Rumble. You know tag wrestlers have no shot. And we've already got two tag wrestlers in this. Mm-hmm. Eli Blue, Jimmy Del Rey. Well, I got another one for you. Who is Sione. it? Now- Sione. <laughs> Not even Barbarian. Sione. Yeah, see, that's the thing, right? If he had just, and I know they don't like to do certain things for reasons, but when he replaced Samu, if they would have just had him be the Barbarian. It would have been better. It would have been better. At least there'd be name recognition. Yeah. And be like, oh, I know him. Right. Like, right? I'm dead serious. Yeah. It would have been better if he was just... The Barbarian. Number seven, another tag wrestler. (laughs) Listen, I love the guy. A big fan of him. Seriously, Tom Pritchard. Yeah, and he, Dr. Tom is close to just training the rock in a gym at this point. (laughs) Like, he's not... This is near the end. He's like, about to hang out with Brockus, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. like he, he's he's very close to his not doing anything days. No, we're like doing there. like training. Right. Like, uh, number eight, I assure you he's only in this because he's a colorful character and they have nobody because he's he means jack shit by 95. Oh, by this point, he's nothing. Doink. Yes, the doink. Hey, I'm doink! Yeah, that doink. <laughs> number nine, still here. Still here, still dangerous. Quang. Hey, it's Quang. Now, number 10 is a good one because this guy had... How is this real in 1995? This man is a sub for Jim Neidhart, I believe, who had recently gotten himself fired. As usual. He, again. He's the Marty Jannetty of this time. Yep. And we are talking about, unseen since like the summer of 94, Rick Martell. Yeah, Rick Martell. Randomly. Record holder! Yeah. I wonder if that Vince... one time! I wonder if Vince brings that up at this one. I gotta check. Rick Martell, a veteran of Royal Rumbles! Uh, number 11, hey, an actual thing that mattered. Yeah. Owen Hart. Owen Hart, an actual, like, right in the middle-ish here. Now he, is somebody that could maybe win it. He's eliminated after, like, three seconds because Brett comes out and the Bulldog dumps him, if you recall. Stupid. <laughs> number 12 here, Timothy Well. Yes, just Timothy Well. Well done is one of those, that's a tag team that literally it's impossible for one of them to survive on their own. Because <laughs> their, their name, they're, like, attached to each other. Well done. 
That's true, Quinn. Like, you're right. They just what well, you come out, they announce you Timothy Well. It just sounds like a jobber. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But when it's, it's well done, oh, that's a team. Man. That's a team. You got something yeah. there. Number thirteen. Yes, they're still here too. Bushwhacker Luke. I, it's amazing that they were signed for this long. They need people. Yeah. Fourteen. Jacob Blue. It could have yeah. just been the same fucking guy for all we know from yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. It could have been the same twin. <laughs> Save money. How are we like halfway through at this point? It's embarrassing and nothing happens in it. I need, yeah. <laughs> I really, unless you believe that anything has happened that matters, nothing. Honestly, I has feel happened. like the majority of the time they'd focus on Sean, like, oh, they can't get him out. Like, That's he's like, and he was doing like weird, like shit where he's like hanging and, and just not trying to get eliminated. The only problem with it, because he is, Sean's doing a good job with what he has to work he's with. He's trying to make it sound, look like it's a struggle. It's like right. Flair 92. Yeah. But the problem is the only credible threat in there so far is British Bulldog. Right. Literally. Well, Owen Hart would have been, but... But no. No. Number 15, it's a name, King Kong Bundy. <laughs> well, at least he's big, right? He so is you big. Got, he, here's your big guy. Yep. Right? That's true. Number 16, Mo. Proud. Very quickly eliminated. Mm-hmm. But- <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Number seventeen, though, very proud Mabel. So now we got the two big guys. Yep. Who's gonna who, the battle of the big? Mabel eliminates Bundy. Ooh. Number eighteen, Butch. Yeah, the Butch. What a roster, man! <laughs> All tag wrestlers <laughs> and like three old guys. This is like me reading a 1995 WF magazine <laughs> and like, <laughs> like just. The, the, all these horrible articles about these crappy people and like them all in one place. Right. Right. Yeah. Number 19, they're actually trying to make a matter here, so I'll give them credit. Lex Luger. Ooh, Lex Luger. That's a name, right? So there, okay, there we go. That's there's somebody. somebody. There's somebody that sort of matters. He gets a few eliminations. He's Maybe this will be the year minutes. for Lex Luger, right? right? Like it, it's, it makes sense. And they even kind of position it that way. They're right. like, this could be it for him. Yeah, because he got the screw last right. year with Mr. Perfect. Right, <laughs> exactly. And he fought off the Million Dollar Corporation in Tatanka. He won the Royal Rumble, technically. He did with Brett. Yeah, yeah right. co-winner. Co. Yeah. Number 20, Mantar. Again, this is what I mean about me reading WWF magazine <laughs> in 1995. God. I always remember that article where they're clearly in that same room where they did the etiquette with Lord Hayes and Sherry. Yeah, but it's Cornette. But it's Cornette and Mantar. And Triple H. Yeah. It's like it's such a weird article. The Brian Morse's favorite wrestler. Yeah. Uh, that's for you, Brian. Mantar, yes. Number 21, just keep the star power coming. It's Aldo Montoya. The Portuguese man of war yes, or whatever. sure is. This guy just... It's incredible. Just incredible. <laughs> I always used to joke, my dad used to always get a kick out yeah. of this guy because he just looked goofy or whatever. He had a fucking underwear on his head. <laughs> yeah, he looks stupid. And also just the idea of the Portuguese man of war is like a weird thing. I know. Like, what is that? Isn't that like a fish or a flower or I something? I have no idea. I have no matter. idea what that means. A jellyfish. There's probably some historical context to that that I'm not aware of. And I don't want to be. I, I don't want to be either. Number 22, the recently debuted Henry Godwin. Henry O. Godwin. <laughs> Excuse me, you're the, right. The hog himself. Yeah, well, he doesn't hog up too much space in this mm-hmm. one, I'll tell you that. Uh, number 23, Billy Gunn. Yeah, there he is. Very good. Number 24, Bart Gunn. So what's that about? <laughs> Smoking guns one after the other, and, huh? and, and then on a mission, too. This yeah. sounds rigged to me. How many tag wrestlers in this, yeah. by the way? Holy <laughs> it's, shit. It's most of it. Uh, number 25, Bob Backlund. What's interesting here is Bob Backlund was like just the world champion like five minutes ago. Yes, he was. Yeah, so just for, remember that. But Bret Hart's like, you know, fuck you for interfering. So he attacks him in the aisle. Right. Because remember, Backlund and Owen interfered in the world title match. Right. So Backlund's tossed in like 18 seconds, 16 seconds by Luger. Number 26, 
Stephen Dunn. How are they still throwing more tag wrestlers out here? <laughs> it's amazing, man. Yeah. Now, number 27 is probably the most infamous. Because this is just bizarre. On It's weird. It's weird. It's out of nowhere. It's Dick Murdoch. It's Dick Murdoch, right? And what I think they're weirdly going for is, first of all, they, they don't have people, right? They need somebody to fill in. But second of all, I think they think they could position this as, oh, he's a legend. This is our legend, right? right? It's Former like he, tag was, he was a tag champ in the 84 canon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> The people remember that, and here's the thing: nobody remembers what the fuck happened in '84 and '95. Well, because they never talked about. It. Like I was a kid watching, right? Yeah, they would never mention anything that far back. That was like ancient. Yeah, they never talked about that. Yeah. Dickie Murdoch. So Dickie Murdoch is mm-hmm. in this, and uh, number twenty-eight, Adam Bomb. Yeah, Adam Bomb. Again, the- more Adam Bomb people. It's Adam Bomb himself. <laughs> the face version this yeah. time. We talked last week. You don't like Adam Bomb no. at all. I think he's bad. He- heel or face? Not good. Okay. Number twenty-nine. Fatu. More tag people. More. <laughs> he was in the final four last yeah. year. Yeah. He was. That's true. He, was. he, he deserves another shot <laughs> That's here. it, man. Yeah. And number 30, again, they were trying to, to build this guy up again. If he didn't get arrested a couple months later, I don't know what would have happened, but 30 was Crush. Still there. I don't even remember that Crush was in this. <laughs> Fucking Crush. I can't wait to Why do they this. keep pushing him? Why? He, sadly, though, Quinn, He's a bigger name than most of the people in this. That's that's depressing. <laughs> so those are the 30 entrants. At the very end, of course, it comes down to Shawn Michaels and the British Bulldog. Who started it. So why did we have this whole, who, what was the point of any of these people? So, you know, we're only 38 minutes into this now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a breeze. You know yeah. what I mean? Bam Bam was in this that long in 94, practically. Yeah. Bulldog pushes Michaels over the rope. His music plays. He celebrates. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, as the Bulldog's music is playing, Shawn Michaels comes up, double axes Bulldog from behind. Loved it. I love this a lot. I liked it too. I'm not going to lie. It was good. I liked it at the time. Shawn Michaels actually wins. And Vince is like, what? What? And then we get the big celebration. Pam Anderson, Anderson comes yeah. in. Finally, you know. He does the Shawn Michaels pose. The, with the, Pam the, next to yeah, him. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. And we get these replays where Vince infamously yeah. says, one foot. One foot. One foot. One foot. One foot. Like over and well, over. Well, Vince is like trying to hope like that two feet touch, yeah. right? That's like what he's trying to do in the right. clip because he's, because Shawn Michaels is a heel. Yes. So he's like, this can't be, right. this can't be. But it was just one foot. Let's see. One, one foot. One foot. Basically, he skinned the cat back in almost. He like swings his leg up. One is touch. He swings yeah. his legs back up, rolls under the apron, throws the bulldog By up. the way, it's like, more, it's more deliberate than any um, skinning the cat as yes. if like he's very much aware that the camera is looking oh, yeah. at the foot and he's like doing he's doing things with his feet that you wouldn't do in a cat skinning mm. like you know what I'm saying like he's actually like it's brushing around here he's brushing up against the, the mat and all this stuff yes. so, so it's like oh look how close it was he's milking it yeah you he's know milking what I mean? it yeah and he did a good job yeah so that's the 95 rumble the shortest one and and 
awful roster. Probably the worst one they had to date, right? Going back to 88. I don't know of any roster worse than this ever. This is really... Yeah. <laughs> this, this is, is terrible. horrible. It really is. We'll have to see how this rumble this year. Maybe they can top it. Oh, I don't know, man. These rosters are getting poor lately. I'll give Sean credit. Yeah. Really good performance. I'm not being funny. He really did look like a star, but again... He just had nothing to work with. Anyone, I could have looked like a star, practically. I'm not serious. Calm down. I could have won this Rumble. You probably could have, Quinn. I mean, <laughs> Jimmy Del Rey's in it. He's <laughs> Timothy not, Well. He's not in good shape. Ultimate Toya. Yeah. Anyway, want to rank him? Sure. Okay. This is so easy to me. Why is that? I think the 1995 Royal Rumble has a better ending. Just the simple concept of the number one guy gets to the end. They never did that before, period. This is true. He was the that, first man to win it from number one. For a while, I actually liked this ending a lot. Oh, I think it's a great ending. You know, before the before the cracks that I didn't that I wasn't aware of as a new fan existed, like the every one minute thing and yeah. all that. Like, but as as somebody just see, here's the thing I want to say to people is like I'm the perfect person to watch this at the time, right? I'm brand new to wrestling. I probably didn't have cemented in my head a favorite wrestler. You know Correct. what I mean? And, yes, and, and you thought Shawn Michaels was Bob Backlund or something. I was confused, but either way, <laughs> like at the end, I knew I liked the guy that did the one foot. Like I was right. like, that that's cool. You know, I haven't seen much of anything in wrestling, and, and he was in the whole time, and he was in the whole time, and he he looks young and cool, and like he thinks he's cute. He knows he's sexy, right. and like, and I'm just like, this is this is awesome. Like this, right. is de- how could anyone beat this guy? Right? They they couldn't get him out. I totally understand, Quinn, and so I was hooked. I totally, totally agree with you. I really do. Yeah. Here's what I got to say. I, I think I'm I'm leaning towards you on 14 being worse, but here's why. 14 has a much better roster. It does. So if it was roster alone, 95 is probably would never get knocked from number one. You know what yeah, I mean? 95 is a horrible roster. 95 worst. is like the exact opposite. A great ending. Like, a, like one that's like, look back on like, what a great ending, yeah. right? But a horrible roster. Yes. Whereas... 14 is a great roster, one of the worst and maybe the worst ending to a Royal Rumble of all time. And even if, here's the thing, right? Even if the fans were cheering Batista, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Nothing happened in this Royal Rumble. It's not a 14. It's not a good Royal Rumble. No. Nothing happens in it. Nothing eventful. They're really, that's the Because you were waiting for the eventful thing to happen the whole time. Yeah. Right? It's a lot of laying around. It's a lot of just Royal Rumbling. Thank goodness they had mercy on us in 95 and gave us the one minute friggin' entrance because yeah. if they did too, that would be 95 would definitely be the worst. It almost felt like they, they had respect for our time at the very right. least in this round. It's like, we know we got nothing. Just right. here, We're just going to get through it as fast as possible. Yeah. I would be, wouldn't even be surprised if they considered 30 seconds. I'm not joking. <laughs> I don't know. Like, about that. If you look at this roster, though. <laughs> You imagine just a 15 minute Royal Rumble. Just fuck it. Just fuck it goes it. to like 22 minutes or something. <laughs> With the ending. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is tough because again, criteria wise roster 95 is worse. Ending 14 is worse. Storyline wise 14s makes no sense because Batista comes out of the blue. No blue pun intended. T- yeah, blue Tista. Enters at number 28, so there's no heat or suspense for him winning. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns wound up being the guy everyone cheered for, again, out of, like, attrition. Yeah. Biggest thing that happens besides a fan reaction in 14 is Roman Reigns eliminates 12 people. Honestly, then the sadder part to me, that Roman Reigns got pushed earlier than he should have out of it. Yeah, not like, his fault, but... Yeah, the misunderstanding of what people <laughs> were thinking was astounding to yeah. me about Roman Reigns. I agree. 
So I think I have to go with you. I think 14 is worse. Uh, 95, though, clearly is, is shit. Oh, it's pure shit. It's bad. But it's got a great ending. It does. And yeah. a good, a very, very good performance. A from great Shawn ending Michaels. in anything can make up for like a purely garbage like match. Like, for the right? most part. Right. I mean, I'm saying if you gotta it, be careful it, there. Yeah, I don't mean to say it always works, but in this case, this is one of those situations where it was like, it was just very cool that somebody could be at number one. And you know, win. And win. Yeah. And again, thankfully, the um, intervals were only 60 seconds. Right. Seriously. Yeah. I consider that a point in its favor because I don't need to watch two minutes of Eli Blue and Stephen Dunn. I also think that like part of them thought that if you're going to book the guy from number one to win. Yeah. I always thought it wasn't about the performers as much as I really think that. You know how back in the day, like every little things they they try to make it seem devastating, like a chair shot or mm-hmm. something. I really thought that part of them in their booking, co- like logic, thought it would be unbelievable for somebody to survive over an hour in the Royal Rumble and win it. Flair did. Yeah, but you know that's a special exception. I don't know. It just I always think that they thought that it would have been longer in this case too, because technically it would have had an extra two minutes. Like I always thought that yeah, they, I know. They're, they're, I always thought that part of them thought that they needed to make it a minute if the one was going to win. I don't think that's why. I think because yeah. they knew the roster sucked. I, and that's they, part of it too. I know? just I I just always suspected that, and I don't. I, maybe that maybe I'm wrong. You you guys can say yes or no there, but I always thought that they that was part of also the reason. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I don't know other than the roster idea, but we're in agreement that 14 is worse because of the overall... It's also boring. It's not like it was good and then had a bad ending. No. It's a really bad Royal Rumble. And then it has a bad ending on top of that. Right. If Danny Bryan had won, it probably wouldn't be on the worst list. It wouldn't it, have even been voted in. It wouldn't be anything. It'd be like a happy thing that happened. Yeah, maybe. It might even be on the best list because maybe people would have been so fucking excited at the end. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, but they weren't and it stunk, but 95 is bad too. Born agreement. One and two, we're all set? Yes. All right, folks. So for week number one, the worst Royal Rumble of all time right now, Royal Rumble 2014, followed by the hideous Royal Rumble 1995. Folks, let us know where you would rank these and let us know why. You can do that on Twitter, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But, Quinn, when we come back, we're going to one of our favorite places for the wrestling, Memphis, baby. Goody. CWA coming up right after this. Lex here. See, after I win the Rumble, we'll go out and paint the town. Big Daddy Cool here. After the Rumble, why don't you and Big I go out and paint the town? WWF Superstars. Yo, man, every kid here. After I win the Royal Rumble. Hey, baby, this is old Double J. Hey, Pamela, what are you saying? I win the Royal Rumble. You and I. Um, hey, watch, lady. Maybe Can't wait to see goals. you in Tampa. Oh, yeah. The WWF the- Royal Rumble, live only on pay-per-view. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. 
And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 252. Thanks for being with us. Hello, Quinn. Hi. We're ready to go to Memphis, right? We yeah. love Memphis. Going down to Memphis. <laughs> so, guys, one thing that I want to remind you of is if you want us to review something that's an hour or less, go to our Facebook group. There is a post called Specific Episode Review Request. You post the link there if it's on the internet or put the date of the show or whatever the case may be. And Richard Land is doing our schedule for us. So yes. Richie puts this together season by season. We don't even know what we're reviewing until we look at the schedule. I just hit the link, the bookmark, and uh, then it tells me. It's perfect. So thank you, Richard. And thank you guys for all of your suggestions. This time around, we're doing Memphis. That's right. The CWA, Continental Wrestling mm-hmm. Association. And this is from May 9th, 1987. And it was suggested by our good friend of the show. And don't tell us how to pronounce your name. Don Depinay, Depinay, we don't know. We're not sure. Don't We're tell us. We're never going to know. You know how, you notice how he never brings it up either? He shouldn't. Good. It's his gimmick. <laughs> so Memphis is something that, I'll admit, the first time we ever reviewed it a long time ago, I was like, oh, what the fuck is this honky tonk shit? This yeah. fucking bullshit hick grits crap. <laughs> then we get leave auto parts. Yeah, yeah. leave me alone. But it's good. <laughs> It's good for when you need uh, your bucket seat for your 1980 Capri. Could could this be any more Memphis right now? Aha, do you have a bucket seat for my 1980 Capri? And then it slowly like turned into like one of the best things we ever see. I have a confession, man. I was dead wrong. I fucking love Memphis. After seeing multiple episodes, now I get why over the years, even when I like when I was into wrestling in the late 90s. Yeah. There would always be like rumblings on the internet. Everything's always good in Memphis. It's fucking you know, awesome. like it's and, and like and I always be like, what do they mean? Where does Memphis? And because it was still like on, <laughs> yeah, in like the late nineties when I was watching, and but people would always be go on and on and on about how like Memphis is still good. Yeah, like you know, like they it never. It sounds like it never got bad. It like, really like, it's, it's <laughs> right? like weird. It's just like a simpler style of wrestling that's very but it isn't also it's action-packed yeah there's not a lot of emphasis on technical wrestling no it's just a lot of storylines and hot feuds and angles and it's right up our alley here on this show yeah it's like ecw but it isn't yeah it's like not- it's it, 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 they, they brawl a lot you know they brawl a lot the wonderful Lance Russell is generally the announcer yeah. there with Dave Brown. I so love you have them. this element of realism in them. He's like I think, the com- I think the commentary is what makes it seem like it's it's like these mild mannered weathermen. Yeah, like, Dave uh, Brown literally is yeah, the weatherman like, for the station, like covering this wacky ass shit yeah. on their station, right? And, and it's in the fucking TV studio. It's yeah. not an arena, you no. know. The Memphis Television Show. So this is Continental Wrestling Association. This is Jerry Jarrett's promotion, obviously. It had been in NWA territory from the late 70s. By this point, we're in this weird threshold where they're not really, they might still be paying dues to the NWA, but they've hooked up with Vern now. Unfortunately. <laughs> you know what the worst I part is? like good wrestling. The worst part is they're better than Vern. <laughs> I know. Like that's, that, they shouldn't be. Like they're Memphis, right? Memphis is Memphis and it doesn't, it's 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 minor. It's, There's no money in Memphis at yeah, all. Yeah, no one goes there to make money. You make like five bucks for a shot or something. You go there to have a good career, like yeah. to like improve your career so you can go elsewhere. Yeah, I, f- I forget who said it. It might have been Bobby Heenan. You either are starting out in Memphis or you're finishing up. You know, right. like no one goes there for the height of their career. The only people making money were King. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're King. Yeah. King That's is it. it. <laughs> he makes all... He, it's it's King's company, basically. Pretty much. And Eddie Marlin or whoever that is. <laughs> don't I worry. still don't know who he is. Don't worry about yeah. him. So anyway, thank you, Don Depinay, Depinant. 
This is the CWA. This is on YouTube. Memphis Championship Wrestling here. May 8th, 1987. Back to Memphis where it's literally always good. It's it. never, ever bad. It's like a warm hug yeah. for the show. And uh, we get the usual intro to Stark when you know the one. Yeah, the statue the that statue. Detroit Wrestling uses also. Yes, this is real. <laughs> Generic. Generic. And we're happily joined at the table by Lance Russell and Dave Brown. I love that. Hello again, everybody. Lance Russell and Dave Brown. Run along ringside all ready to go with a sensational day of championship wrestling. There's a hideous poster of a man holding like a CWA logo. I bet King drew that like on his day off, and I'm not even kidding. No, he probably did. King absolutely drew that, right? <laughs> well, I mean, if they need an artist, right? Why go elsewhere when you have one? When the guy who's <laughs> never ever gonna leave because he's the top draw <laughs> yeah, forever. For literally. Hey, King, King, can you draw us like a poster? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll do it on Saturday. I'll get it. I'll bring it in on Monday. Yeah. Uh, you know, like that's right. it's probably what happened. Might be what it was. So the announcers run down the action. No spoilers, Quinn. Yeah, I can't say anything. Can't say anything. And then Lance interrupts Dave Brown to talk about how Steve Curran was actually hurt in Florida recently, so he's not here. Correction, correction. <laughs> I love him. I know. Correction. Because like, Dave Brown's like, this is, isn't a spoiler because he's not here, obviously. Yeah. But he says Steve Curran's going to be in some shit later. Lance, Lance's like, hey, I, no, no, I've just got word. I've just got word. He was that hurt. He was hurt. No, and, no. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the last time I checked, he was not, not here. here. No. Ooh. Plus, we're going to see some highlights of the King versus Austin Idol in a hair match. But first, we take a quick time out to that wonderful bumper music. And we're back where Lance Russell very happily brings out Jeff Jarrett. <sighs> With his bad hair and shitty blue shirt. <laughs> Is he ever good? I don't mind him here. Uh, can yeah. I be honest? I don't mind him in Memphis. Yeah. That's for sure. He's still like, hi. He's yeah, like, he's, Billy, very, he's, he's a Billy Gilbert. He's very Billy Gilbert. He's so young here. What, 21 yeah. maybe or something yeah. like that? And uh, so we talk about Jeff Jarrett's upcoming match. I, this was surprising to hear. With the AWA world champion, Nick Bockwinkle. The fact that the AWA <laughs> champion is still a thing in 1987 is weird to me anyway. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, right before he lost it to Kurt Hennig. Yeah, this Nick. is like right before they started not mattering. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. By the end of the 80s. Uh, so Double J here talks about how recently King had defeated Austin Idol for the Southern Heavyweight title, okay, which makes Jerry Lawler the number one contender for the AWA title. That's a rule. Well, uh, you know what? I thought you would like it, Quinn, because the Southern, the AWA Southern Heavyweight, right? That is kind of like the Intercontinental. Is it the AWA yes, Southern Heavyweight? Technically. Oh, at the time. I didn't know that. I thought the Southern Heavyweight title was like some NWA shit. It was the AWA Southern Heavyweight. Oh. And I figured you would like that because you always opine that, hey, the well, Inter I like that, the but I just, I just didn't know about this Southern business. <laughs> like, I was like, I thought that was like not even an AWA belt. No, no, no. It's AWA thing. So King was supposed to face Nick Bockwinkle for the world title, but Austin Idol and Tommy Rich apparently injured the King recently. So Jerry Lawler has decided to give his title shot to Jeff Jarrett. Jerry got a concussion out of it. They're a little concerned. That's right. So instead of... Uh Nick Bockwinkle not even flying down here, not even coming to wrestle. Uh, Jerry Lawler, who uh, I've already thanked personally, but I'm here to thank him today publicly. So basically, he earned nothing. The usual, <laughs> right? With Jeff Jarrett? Is, is, do I, do I, have I read all this correctly? You've got it correct. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeff Jarrett now name drops Stanley Blackburn, that's the AWA president, and how Jerry Lawler actually had to call Stanley Blackburn and talk him into giving Jarrett the I, title. I believe that. <laughs> and then Blackburn said that Jarrett's not a contender, yeah. which is true. He's not in 87. No, not at all. He's nothing. So then Double J, of course, takes the time to thank Jerry Lawler for putting in that good word for him. Well, he should thank King. <laughs> 
Jeez. Even Stanley Blackburn's like, you're not a fucking contender. What the what fuck you- am I? <laughs> we're not going to draw anything with this. What is it? What the fuck? Not even a dime? Yeah, not a... Maybe maybe you don't get a dime this time, <laughs> thanks to Nick Bockwinkle. Yeah, maybe. So anyway, Lance Russell doesn't think there's a lot of people betting on Jeff Jarrett to win. And the audience laughs. Uh, Jeff, I gotta be honest, and you and I have talked about it here before the show and all. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of money riding on you beating Nick Bockwinkle. But hey, listen. That's like, yeah, you suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no one thinks you're going to win. <laughs> but then he's like, but no one thought Rocky would win either. This is Jeff Jarrett we're talking about here. Let's not get too bold, Lance. And also, Rocky lost in the first movie, he did. for the record. He did. Let's just be honest. But he won in the second, so. This is his first movie, right? Because right? he's never fought. But by 1987, he'd beaten. No, but Jeff Jarrett, it's oh, his first yeah. movie. Okay. I get see. It? It's his first movie, yeah. It's his f- you get what I'm saying? Oh, I get it. Okay. Anyway, Jeff Jarrett realizes, yeah, I'm the big underdog, but it might be my night. Nick Bockwinkle could make a terrible mistake. Lance just shakes Jarrett's hand, sends him away. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't, I didn't mind this because Jarrett came across as like the true underdog. He wasn't like, yeah. I'm going to win. I'm definitely winning. He's a face. The handshake by Lance yeah. is pretty sly. Okay, bye. Uh, yeah, like, okay, you're nothing. Okay, bye. And then Lance with a very abrupt, well, okay, time to go to the ring. Yeah, Lance is really something <laughs> today. Okay, what do you say we uh, move it on here? Like, okay. as, soon as, as soon as Jeff Jarrett shaves his hands, oh, whoa, okay, this is this action over there. Okay, let's, let's get to that. So first we get the team of Jack Hart, and Chick Donovan. We've seen Chick Donovan before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're led down by a very young Paul E. Dangerously. Really, Jack Hart is Barry Horowitz going by his like original last name. Yep. You know, from, from Barry the, Hart, the 80, Hart. 82 canon, yep. practically. That's like a long time ago. So Barry Horowitz is a heel here, getting a little of the push in Memphis. Interesting. Uh, Heyman, by the way, he's still very Michael Keaton. Yeah. You remember the Johnny Dangerously? Yeah, That's he's what he, that. He's definitely that. Their opponents are Ron Nations and Jim Jameson, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, not who, that Jameson. No, and not that Ron. I have no idea who other guy is. As Chick Donovan and Jameson start, Chick just kicks his ass. Irish whip back elbow now by Jack Hart. Paulie dangerously wanders over to the announcers and bitches about how Jeff Jarrett's getting a title shot. And Lance is like, why don't you pay attention to your own business? Yeah, immediately telling him to leave. The Lance, Lance, like, no respect for the managers. It's just, get the fuck out of here. He doesn't like heels at all. He's like, fuck you. I'm Lance Russell. Yeah. Lance, I want to know what that punk Jeff Jarrett is doing getting a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. Listen, Paul, why don't you guys... Hart was out here griping on the way to the ring about that. Why don't you pay attention to your own business? And Paul says, well, his business is championships. He's being so loud, by the way. It's like he's yelling <laughs> into like Lance's mic. It's bizarre, and he needs to calm. Do you like uh, early Paul? I do. I, think I don't he's mind him. He's just, I, you know, it's mid-Paul I don't like. The one that's in WCW where he's kind of goofy. Oh, and his hair is way too greasy. Yeah, it's like post-Dangerous Alliance. Yeah, I know what you mean. That one is not good. <laughs> They just but, make him look like a dope every week. Yeah, he likes looking like a dope. Yeah. But overall, you like him as a manager, right? I don't mind him. Yeah, I think he's yeah. a great manager. I think he's not... Honestly, I think he, he was better as like an ideas guy in general. Like for what he made. As ACW. a booker, you mean? Yeah. And a promoter? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think manager is his, his greatest strength. I don't know. He's pretty good at it, though. He's good at it. I, just, I, I think he's so much better as like a behind-the-scenes guy because the stuff that came out of him was amazing. Yeah, I agree with you there. 
Uh, Donovan kicks the shit out of whoever. Horowitz is back in with the body slam and a leg drop. Paul is still ranting, but Lance is not impressed at all. He's just kind of no-selling mm-hmm. him. Donovan's back in, makes uh, Jameson tag in Nations. Irish whip on Nations. Back elbow. Paul's still yelling. Jack Hart back in, by the way. Knee lift and some kicks. Man, a Barry Horowitz push? That's seriously a rare sight. It is. In I mean, any company. We don't get to see that often. Where else was he pushed? Global? I know in global. WCW, he did something. I Briefly, yeah. yeah. Uh, and for the record, Quinn, I just got to point this out. I love the announcers, as always. They're they're, so they're, they're very, good. very good. They're God. very good here. They are very rugged, and they work in and out of that ring uh, the way a tag team should. You got to give them that. Well, Donovan can't even concentrate on the match. He's worried about the World Heavyweight Championship. Paul is still yelling. Yeah. Donovan back in. Irish up on Nations in a clothesline. Swinging neckbreaker gets the win for the heels. Quinn, quick, just the way we like it here. Jeez, they ki- that was brutal. They just kicked their ass. No offense. No from the offense. Faces. Fucking three minutes. Yep. Perfect. That's how you do. The, that's a Quinn opener right there. Yep. That's how you do it. Absolutely. Dave Brown always gives us the time. He tells us this one was two minutes, eighteen Look seconds. That even even closer under. Three. Anytime you're under three minutes, that's that's a chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. That's uh, right. Chef, total domination. Now, you don't want to be under three minutes in everything you do. No, just the opener. The opener is not meant to be long. That's right, Quinn. Jack Hart now bitches about how he... This is great. Barry Horowitz gets some mic time, and I love it. He goes over to Lance. He bitches about how he was in the NCAA finals, the AAU finals. He was a Florida State champion, and now he's pissed the fuck off that Jeff Jarrett is getting a title shot. I thought it was good. It's incredible, really. (laughs) I'm infuriated. Jarrett, I've been through NCAA finals, AAU finals. I've been the Florida State champion. I come to the Mid-South. Man, you're crying up here saying you're getting a title shot. You can't even lace your boots Daddy. And then Lance, you end up moaning and groaning about somebody else's good fortune. <laughs> and then Barry Horowitz here grabs Lance Russell. Wait, what the hell? He's putting his hands on Lance Ooh. Russell. And Lance is like, hey, who do you think you're talking to? Yeah, Lance is like completely like vulnerable and he's still talking shit <laughs> in his face. It's amazing. Why don't you just wait your turn and wait? Maybe good fortune will shine. Who are you talking hey, to? come on now. Don't hey, try. Do hey, that. listen. And then Lance gets all pissed, right? He gets some security over here. It's Randy Hales, if you care. Yeah, look, looking like a big dork. Hi! And Lance to, to Barry's like, who in the sand hill will you get these guys out of here? <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing that he's still yelling and he's like being held by the collar. Yeah, by like Lance lapels. is like fucking yelling at them. <laughs> get out of here! Who in the sand hill will you get these guys out of here? Dave Brown, meanwhile, I love this touch. He's just like in the background. All scared. Like watching with the mic. Like, oh. I hope they don't touch me. <laughs> like, you know. And then Jack Hart here says to Randy, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good question because why the fuck is Randy Hales here? Mm-hmm. And Randy's like, I'm here for Eddie Marlin. Oh, shit. The power of Eddie Marlin. Like anybody <laughs> name drops Eddie Marlin. Everyone usually, usually when Eddie Marlin's brought up, it's like, <gasps> yeah. I was like, oh, no. He's like, kind of like the Jack Tunney. He's Mishima practically. Shinma, like, yeah. yeah, you knew not. If if his name is invoked, it's scary. It's like Gordon calling uh, Bob Geigel. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got him on the fucking phone here. <laughs> he he really says, can- "Shut the fuck up." That's what he says. Like that's like <laughs> that happens constantly in Continental. <laughs> and, it, and the best part is when they like cower. Yeah, like at just the name. They're like, "What?" But I've never been suspended. Well, you are now. Yeah, <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> that's what Bob Geigel says. So fuck you. Yeah. Anyway, we never ever hear him. <laughs> nope. Like ever. <laughs> 
And Same then, with fucking Eddie Marlin. He like barely ever shows up. Remember he showed up that one time like, on oh, something and he was so boring. We like wrestling a real yeah. lot down yeah. here. We're really like our wrestling. And then he, good thing he disappeared <laughs> yeah. into the, into the shadows. Into the abyss. To, to lay the, to, to drop the hammer when necessary. That's right. So buddy, uh, Barry, whatever you want to call him, Jack here says, you don't look like Eddie Marlin. And Randy Hales insists that he's here because Eddie Marlin isn't here. And Jack Hart here decides to just beat the shit out of Randy Hales with Chick Donovan. Are you supposed to be a messenger boy or something? You call me what you want to call me. But I'm telling you to get out of here right now. I've got enough time to Man, Memphis is awesome. I know, right? It's so good. You go from like a like a whatever squash, right? Uh-huh. To this. Yeah. To Lance Russell. We're putting our hands on Lance Russell. We're invoking Eddie Marlin's name. And it's all We're, Barry Horowitz. Yeah, Barry Horowitz is like beating up people. What's going on here? So then Lance Russell, try, he grabs Jack by the hair from behind, but they kind of ignore him. They beat the fuck out of Randy Hell some more anyway. The crowd is losing their shit. Lance Russell is pissed, but suddenly Jeff Jarrett arrives on the scene, takes out both heels. Nice pop for that. Oh. I fucking love Memphis, man. (laughs) Jarrett slugs it out with Jack here before going over to Chick Donovan. It's an absolute brawl. Yep. And then Bill Dundee comes in to help out Jarrett. So he's a face now. Because it was two on one. He needs to. to Well, Lance was there. So it was actually two on two on two. But Lance was there to help. Yeah. The fans are losing it even more now. Meanwhile, Lance is checking checking on Randy Hales. He's like half dead on the floor. He had to do that. See, he couldn't help beat them up. Will you wake up? Yeah. (laughs) Will you get up? Come on, you pussy. Yeah. So the brawl spills behind the curtain. Camera tries to follow them out. Yeah, the fans are so loud, by the way. Like, God. you can't even, like, hear anything. I love like, this. <laughs> like, the whole time. Like a roar the whole yeah. time. Sustained. Yep. Lance finally helps up Randy Hales, and then Dave Brown, like, very seriously mutters into the mic, all right, let's take a break. We'll be back. Yeah, the scared. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. Quinn, I love this show. I love this promotion. Love like, it, it's man. so good. We're back now with an insert, you know, the pre-tapes. That music. And Lance Russell's in front of the curtain here. This is where we do the local promotion. We got a big Coliseum show coming up in Evansville, Indiana. And he brings in superstar Bill Dundee, who calls out Bam Bam Bigelow. Excuse me. I didn't realize he swung through here. Well, Paul's here. Maybe that's why. Oh, good point. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, And he says, Bam Bam Bigelow has tattoos on his head, which doesn't make him too smart. But apparently, Bill Dundee, Quinn, he's got a new partner. Rocky Johnson. Oh, shit. The 1984 cannon in the house, All baby. Right. Yeah, here we go. So Rocky barges into the frame now in a very stylish sweater. Mm-hmm. I like his sweater. Great promo here. He doesn't give a fuck about the heels. He says, we're here to kick some ass. He doesn't literally say that, but... Mm-hmm. And he's like, you think I'm embarrassed? I've been a man all my life. <laughs> Great promo. And I'll dump some of it in right now. And you think I'm going to be embarrassed because I've been a man all my life. And you take one look at it, 275 pounds of salt of steel. And I'll tell you one thing. You or nobody else is ever going to embarrass me. I don't care about Austin Idol. I don't care about Tommy Rich. I don't care about anybody. We fade away. We come back to Lance all, whoo, well, we're off and running with that kind of day. Yeah, he's a national treasure, this man. I just uh, love the folksiness. Uh, the folk, he's like, well, it's that, it's that kind of day, <laughs> isn't it, here on the Memphis? Oh, well, we're off and running with that kind of a day. Just like a shitty day at work, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, oh, the well. thing, the more, the thing that I love more about it is that Lance acting like this happens sometimes, <laughs> yeah. like on this show, right? Like this is, yeah, this the, the, occasionally it gets a little out of hand here. Yeah. We're used to it. Yeah, it, not every day. It's that kind of day. It's that kind of day. Yeah, I've had days like this before. Yeah, exactly. No big deal. 
Also, by the way, we're told Steve Kern isn't here. Mm -hmm. But now we talk about the AWA World Tag Team Champions, the Midnight Rockers. Yeah, those rockers. Those rockers. We get a very special music video for Sean and Marty, and it's, of course, set to Living After Midnight. Lots of AWA footage. It's actually all AWA footage of them doing a lot of moves. Yeah, as Vern tries to keep Lake Minnetonka alive here by hyping these guys. Yeah. Do they even... Did he send them down here? I don't even remember if they went to Memphis. I don't know because at the end, Lance is like, well, we hope to see them soon <laughs> yeah. or something. Like he Hopefully. Did, yeah, maybe. Uh, they went to WWF right after this yeah. for like two days or whatever it yeah. was. But anyway, I really like Living After Midnight, by the way. That's a great song. Judas Priest. I don't really know it. Yeah, you do. Living After Midnight. I'm I wasn't sorry, like Rogers. paying attention to the song. I, I'm what? serious. Like, I... Well, you of all I, people. Well, because I was more focused on my note here about the fact that there's a clock yes. in the corner, and I was, what the fuck? But it wasn't like, I was like, oh, is it just on midnight the whole time because they're the midnight rockers? Then I look at it at one point, and then it's like six o'clock, and I'm like, what the fuck? What, I don't understand what this is. The evening rockers. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, <laughs> I, I was, I was perplexed by this. I don't blame like, you. The whole time I wasn't even paying attention to the song. It's okay, Quinn. These are the things that Quinn thinks about when he sees it. He, he sees something on the screen. He's like, wait, what's... What's that? And then you're just thinking about it the whole time. Well, now you have a little peek inside the mind of Michael Quinn. There you go. I also appreciate Quinn, their blatant rock and roll express attire that they used to have. Remember mm-hmm. that? It's like clearly oh, yeah, just the rip off. Yeah. Clearly. But they're younger. Yeah, they are. And they look younger too. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's rock and roll express. They're they're only a little bit older. They're like five years older yeah. or something, but they look like they're 73. Yeah. So <laughs> so a lot of this footage, just so you know, is Sean and Marty beating up Doug Summers and Buddy Rose. Mm-hmm. And uh, Boris Zukov also... Briefly seen, but overall, not bad for a video package. Right. Go back to the desk now where Lance puts over the rockers. And like you said, when he's like, oh, we look forward to them coming in one day. I don't Who know. Who knows if that ever happened? <laughs> it, we don't. Cause I don't know. Didn't something go wrong with this this connection with King and stuff? Not I, yet, though. Oh, okay. They had a few years, I think, of working with the AWA. But I don't know if the rockers went in, folks. Just let us know. I just, I don't know off the top of my head. But next up, we chat about Paulie Dangerously and how he now has a few former champions. The Mercenaries, apparently, were right. the international tag team champions. What an honor. I don't know what that means, but okay. It doesn't matter. That was until they took on Mark Starr and Steve Kern. So we get highlights now from the arena show. I think that's the Mid-South Coliseum. Not sure who's on commentary here, but we see a star kicking a mercenary's ass. Kern's in off the second rope of the forearm. Arm ringers, wrist lock takedown. Lance Russell now butts in the commentary as we get a, a clip to Kern taking down a mercenary. We cut again, and Starr is in with more arm work. Why cut from arm to arm here, right? It's like <laughs> one guy doing arm and then the other guy doing arm. I don't like that. Yeah, are you supposed to cut out the rest holds? Yeah, to get them out of there. <laughs> Kern's back in double team and a back elbow for two. And we have another clip in the tape here where Paul E. Dangerously is on the headset pitching. More footage of the faces just kicking ass a little bit later in the match. Nice drop kick by Star gets two count. That two count was all slow and shitty. Like, seriously, it was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible, right? Yeah, what, it was what? like dainty. It was like... Dink. Your least favorite yeah, kind of two count, horrible. right? <laughs> Almost Bronco Lubitsch style. Uh, beautiful clothes on by Kern as I try to find out who the mercenaries are. I it got, doesn't matter. I, got, <laughs> it do, I didn't even even care to look that up, Joe. There are two guys in a mask. Who gives a shit? I don't know. I couldn't find any info. I have no idea who they are. If you if you know, folks, let us know. They remind me of um, one of those guys that we saw in Continental, too, with the masks. They look like them. Who? I think they were also the mercenaries. I just don't. The assassins The or assassins. That's maybe it. I wonder who they are. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to Star getting a hot tag and looking like a star. Thank you. He whips Kern into a mercenary. Both heels are outside. One of the mercenaries dragged back in. Kern with a body slam. He slingshots Star over the road for a splash, and they just get the pin off that? All random. Yeah, yeah they're just, oh, they're the tag champs. Yeah. 
But then again, remember the tag champions in any promotion that just that fucking changes hands. It doesn't matter. And and Memphis, like people complain about Vince Russo's you know title switches in '99 and all that, which fair point for WWF. But in Memphis, it's always like that. It's like every belt. In yeah, Memphis. <laughs> every t- belt titles just change hands. Whatever, like, they don't even matter. Like every day, sometimes like every week. It's more about the feuds. It's right? about because the, feuds. the titles. If you're if you're feud focused like this, if you think about it. The titles kind of have to change hands if there's going to be such a back and forth with these like blood feuds constantly, yeah, right? Right. It's it's different. Everyone knows the titles don't matter, right? In, in Memphis. Memphis, they were the first to figure it out. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> they're just the thing that exists. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, we fade to break and we come back to more Evansville, Indiana promo. Also, Lance says in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. You know, they're what a hotbed. They're going to have a show on your first birthday, Quinn, Ooh, May 15th. Okay, are they, they going to bring me presents? Yeah, the Michael Quinn uh, birthday special. There you go. In Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Yeah, Lance, I was very much there. Oh, I know you were yeah. there, yeah. Lance then runs down the Evansville card and tells us to bring friends. Hey, I, w- I would go to Memphis. Yeah, me too. It's a, I, all these shows look amazing. I know, I would go. I'm dead serious. If I lived in the area at the time and I was of age shit to go- ton of people, too, that show up for this. Yeah, for the Coliseum shows, That's yes. That's what I don't understand is how they don't make money. Those gates are probably really good. Because they give it all to Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett. And Eddie Marlin. And Eddie Marlin, of yeah. course. Anyway, back to the announce desk now where the challengers for the international tag titles come out. It's the team of Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka. Oh, nice. The good Orient Express. Here they are. Bad company. Yeah. yeah. And they're with downtown Bruno Harvey Whippleman, of course, just so you know. wearing like a yellow Con Edison helmet what or something. What is that? Like, what is that? Why does he have that? I don't understand what that's about. It's like a plastic fireman's helmet or something. They like say a- later <laughs> it's like a baseball team helmet. It's, it's like the Pittsburgh Pirates or that's something. That's not what that is. It's a batting helmet for the Pittsburgh. That's what they say. It's not. It's I, it definitely isn't because it like breaks later. But like, It's a construction hat or yeah, something. Yeah, it's definitely a construction hat. It's plastic, too. Yeah. It's not like... I mean, uh, a batting helmet is plastic, too, but it's also got, like, an inside shell thing. Yeah, this is not a batting helmet unless yeah. uh, there's some weird area of the pirates that I missed. Yeah. But anyway, Mark Starr comes out alone. Remember, Steve Kern's not here. He talks to Lance Russell, and he confirms, yeah, Steve Kern is hurt, but I'm going to do this match by himself. I'm not going to lose. Downtown Bruno wanders over, starts yelling shit nearby, and then Lance, will you knock it off, Bruno? Nobody's even talking to you. <laughs> well, Mark, hey, will you knock it off, Bruno? Nobody's even talking to you. Zero respect for Harvey, even in, in this place. Yeah. Like, he's <laughs> immediate. Lance has zero, like, net zero respect for this man. So, like, will you shut the fuck up? Yeah, it's, it's like, doesn't even care. I mean, it is rude yeah. of Bruno. He's also tiny. I think Lance could take him. Probably. Yeah. No, seriously. I yeah. think you're right. Lance Russell could. Uh, so he shoos Bruno away and talks about how, you know, it's really good that Star showed up here because AWA president Stanley Blackburn said there's this rule now that champions have to forfeit if they don't show up for their matches. Makes sense, but it's still strange because like the guy's legit hurt or right, something. Like, right. So why can't you just like move it? It's also just in, in the studio match. Yeah. Like, does it really matter? You just cancel it until he's not yeah, hurt. Yeah, right? yeah, just do it next week. I don't know. But honestly, I don't I don't know if I like Star's chances here, Quinn. Yeah, I don't know. I'm afraid bad company's gonna look um bad also if they lose here. Just saying. It's a good point because yeah. it's two on one, you know. Uh so Lance takes the belt from <laughs> Mark Star. He literally takes it, puts it on the desk as the we, one belt <laughs> too, the because they're both not here. I'll just take this for you there. Mm-hmm. We go up to the ring and then Lance theorizes that right now at home, Steve Kern is saying, Don't walk in there and hand those jerks these belts. That's what he's saying. That's it's exactly Lance can hear him <laughs> he can hear him uh, Diamond and Star start lock up side headlock by Star he cranks it up take over now onto the mat as downtown Bruno wanders over to the desk and starts yelling 
gets pretty much ignored. Diamond with a body slam that Star kicks off, clamps on an armbar. Escape and a tag to Tanaka, who promptly gets put into an armbar as well. We work this armbar for a bit, but Tanaka punches outside. Headlock shove off, but a shoulder block by Tanaka. Off the ropes again, drop down by Star, drop kick. Cover gets two as Paul Diamond breaks it up. Armbar on the mat by Star. Tanaka's back up with some punches and a tag to Diamond. Double whip, duck under, crossbody on both heels by Star. We get a standoff now with Star and Diamond. Diamond with some punches, tag in to Tanaka. Double team in the corner, but Star fights right out of it. Corner whip by Tanaka, reverse by Star. Monkey flip attempt. But then Bruno hops on the apron with the helmet and nails Star with it. Nailed him with the Con Edison helmet, huh? Yep. Con Edison oh. hat. Con Edison hat, yes. <laughs> the referee missed it, of course. And then Diamond's back in. Irish whip, back elbow gets a one count. Diamond throws Star to the floor, where Tanaka holds him for Bruno. More helmet shots. Diamond gets all hissy with the referee, Jerry Calhoun. In the meantime, he drags Star back in now and lands a nice front suplex for two. Shouldn't Star have been, like, counted out by now yes. or something? He was, like, he was out way too long. What is this? <laughs> Maybe it's because uh, the ref, you know, was busy with Paul I'm very Diamond. confused by this whole match in general, this idea that, like, a legit contender team just gets a two-on-one title match here. Yeah, what is Stanley Blackburn's fucking deal here? Uh, it's just weird to me. Oh, his heart will fuck you if yeah. you don't show up, you forfeit. Like, it's a legit hell? title defense. Like, right. You can't, like, he's not that hurt. He's probably just hurt for the week or something. They said his shoulder's bothering him or something. <laughs> like, it's not even that serious. He's just on the 10-day DL. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Dave says we're past the five-minute mark. 25 minutes left. I hope not. <laughs> Jeez. On this show? Way too long for yeah. Memphis. <laughs> yeah. Small package out of nowhere by Star, but Tanaka had the referee. Tanaka's back in now, punches in a big chop. Back to Diamond now. Irish whip, nice clothesline for two. Tanaka's back in again. Irish whip, clothesline gets two. Diamond's back in again. Double whip, duck under, clothesline by Star. He fights off Diamond and Tanaka. Double knocker. Why are they having so much trouble with one guy, by the way? Can I note this? Yeah, I mean, they really are, right? Yeah, they're, they're really, like, they're getting dominated by Mark Starr by himself. I gotta give him credit, though. Mark Starr looks good here. He no, does, he does. He looks like a good wrestler here. Looks uh, a lot like the kid from um, Rocky Five. The Tommy one. Morrison? Yeah. Tommy Gunn? Tommy Gunn. Doesn't he look like him? You Rocky don't think Five so? now? His well, hair. A lot of Rocky in this movie, yeah. in this episode, It's huh? true, but I, I swear he looks like Tommy Gunn. He has Tommy Gunn-like hair, yeah. You're right about that. It's also very satisfying at the end when Rocky beats the shit out of him because he's like fake champion. He's an asshole. Is he related to Billy Gunn? I hope not. I hope not too. Anyway, Tanaka's back up with punches. Starland's a standing dropkick to send him out of the ring. Diamond eats a shoulder block but leverages Star out of the ring. And then Pat Tanaka lands a DDT on the dirty linoleum floor. Mm -hmm. He sends Mark Star back in. Diamond with a shitty elbow drop and a cover. One, two, three. New international tag team champions. Again, this seems kind of like bullshit. Like, again, like, why is the title on the line? two on one. How is that even, like, a thing? It's not nice. Stanley Heartburn over here. Blackburn stinks. <laughs> He's horrible. You're right. This is unfair. Who became the AWA president after him? I cannot remember. I don't know. Oh, Joe Blanchard. Oh, Joe Blanchard. Joe okay. Blanchard stepped in. But anyway, eight minutes, eight seconds, according to Dave Brown. The heels then beat down Star after the bell as Bruno goes over the headsets and brags. Lance hates it, of course. And then suddenly, Quinn, Billy Travis hits the ring to make the save. And yes, it is yeah. the Billy Travis from the 1984 canon. I didn't want to write anything because I was like, is that him? It is. It's like, is that, wait, what? But his hair is very blonde. Yeah. He looks exactly like Star, but fatter. Yes. Did you notice that? So, folks, if, yeah, I did. If you, um, if you weren't on the canon... Billy Travis has been a jobber um, on the 84 Steve Travis on the canon? I no, that's a different wrestler. Okay. That's that guy you like that was like Magnum oh. TA or PI. Okay. So, yeah, Billy Travis. He, he came in a few months ago, maybe at most, 
and his hair just got lighter on the more recent cannons. Remember, I he like, dyed it, mm-hmm. so it's just getting lighter and lighter until oh, he goes to okay. Memphis. Gotcha. Anyway, he gets star out of there as we go to break. Back to the desk now, where Lance Russell introduces highlights of that hair versus hair match from the Mid South Coliseum. It's in a cage, by the way, and this cage is not like a WWF cage where it's on the apron. It's the one that's like at outside the ring, so yeah. like it's extra, like all over the. It's like the Continental Cage. It's like the Continental Cage. It's like a Hell in a Cell style, but there's no roof. Right. But there's a lot of room to maneuver on the outside. It's like a pen around. Yeah, it's the like cage. a pen. <laughs> like a pig pen or like a play pen. Yeah. Anyway, Tommy Rich wanders in with a shirt. Pile drives Lawler. We're in the middle of the match here. And then Austin Idol helps Tommy Rich hit a spike pile driver. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So King's just being double teamed, basically. He's fucked. Yep, he's fucked. Paulie dangerously is ringside. The referee is down the whole time. The heels then wishbone King's uh, crown jewels. Ouch. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> Idol now drags the ref over, covers the King. One, two, three. The King has lost the hair match. Which is bullshit, by the way. Absolutely. Because this is like, they got the cage and all this. And it, what? How did they rich? How did they fuck this up with the not preventing people from getting in the ring? It's bullshit, man. Yeah, eighteen minutes and seventeen seconds. This went. If you care, the heels now beat down the king more while Paul Heyman wanders in to celebrate. Austin Idol finds himself a chair, jams it into the king. Tommy Rich then sets up the chair and they sit the king down in it, and then he throws referee Jerry Calhoun out to the floor as we get ready for the haircut. And the barber here, Ted Courtesy. We're told. Is he like a real barber? <laughs> he had barber Lance, stuff on. And, Lance says. Yeah. <laughs> he begins his work while Idol and Rich are keeping the king in the position there. And we cut a few times, no pun intended, to speed up this process here. Can I just add to be extra dicky? The heels put a chain around King's neck <laughs> yes. while they cut his hair. Like, yes. What is that? That was like serious. That was a little much, huh? Yeah. Lance, meanwhile, is now yelling to the barber for some reason. Hey, Ted. Ted. Hey, Ted. <laughs> Ted. <laughs> Why? Finally, after the haircut, the heels leave the cage. The crowd hates it. I, I can't. Yeah, this. The, I feel like we're just breezing through this. Go but ahead. The crowd is so pissed off. Yes, like they are so mad. The cops had to take the heels out of there. Everyone is pelting the heels with garbage. Yes, there's a point where they at the. Did you notice this? What? Like before the haircutting happened. There's a point where they're beating down Lawler. Yeah. And some fucking oh, some fan, fan right? jump, is trying to jump in and save King. You're right. And like, they had to cut it out. Yes. Like, right as you see him on the fucking... Like, this crowd, the minute that they pinned Lawler... Yes. They were gonna like... They were trying to get in to stop this haircutting. Because yeah, no, they were like, pissed, this is man. fucking bullshit. <laughs> it wasn't Tommy Rich is not supposed to be in the match. Right. The the king shouldn't get his haircut. This is crap. It's very simple there, Memphis, but yeah. in a good way. You know like, what I mean? Yeah, it's because there was interference. The, like, literally the crowd couldn't stand for that. Yeah. Right? They were like, this is horse shit. Yep. Like, right? Yep. He yep. didn't really win. He didn't really win. He cheated. Yeah. So we cut now to Lance Russell reporting from the locker room of Idol and Rich. Which I can't even believe they got there alive. I know, right? Like, they're literally chased out by the fans. Yeah. Like, they, they pan out, and you see, like, a swarm of people chasing them into the locker room. Yep, you're like, absolutely it's, right. It's, it's that kind of heat. It's, like, near riot type yeah. heat. Now, this place looks like it smells distinctly like urine. Uh, Paul, <laughs> he dangerously is in there with them. The heels are, of course, course all braggy. Lance says, you know, I've seen a lot of wrestling and a lot of things done, but this is the lowest thing I've ever seen done. He hates this shit. He hates it's it. amazing. So Lance asked Tommy Rich what the hell he was doing in that cage. Right. So Rich gets on the mic and cuts a promo about how King is pretty much an idiot. 
Paul Heyman, by the way, behind them is holding Lawler's hair in a bag like it's pirate's booty. Yeah, like he's like, like funneling like through it. They're going to hold hold on to this hair. They yeah. got they got the king's hair. Like it's treasure. Yeah. Austin Idol now brags about how you know what he grew up in Las Vegas and playing five card stud and shit like that. These guys are a bunch of fuckers. Like I'm like mad at them. Like yep. when they're cutting this promo because I was like, this was bullshit. Like, yeah. it, it was crap. I, I love Memphis. Man. Yeah. It's so easy to just get invested. Yeah. Because you're right, it's crap. They cheated. Yeah, like it's like a hair versus hair match is like supposed to be a pretty definitive end to something. Yes. And for them to like get he for him to get assistance, Austin Idol is like, really? I know. <laughs> like, fuck you. Like. <laughs> so Lance, of course, continues to hate it and he gets the hell out of there and he's like bitching the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he's talking shit on the way out. <laughs> I love Lance. His total disregard for the, the heels is amazing. It's great. Fucking assholes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And we get more local promos now from Lance, who is now with Austin Idol and Tommy Rich. They're all laughy and healy. Austin Idol, by the way, is a very fun talker. Yes. He's actually... I don't mind him. He's very similar. Not in the speaking style, but persona and all that. He's very similar to Billy Graham. He looks he's, like Billy Graham. He's another... Looks like he's his brother or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, very similar looking. Austin Idol, kind of a cool name, yeah. but I like him. And Austin Idol says, that, you know, Hogan, Dusty, Terry Funk, Dick Murdoch, they've all been through here and none of them can do what they did to Jerry Lawler. So fuck Rocky Johnson and Bill Dundee. That's good shit. Good promo, yeah. I told you, Russell, and I told the wrestling world that me and my men were going to shock the world. I said we were going to do something that nobody's ever done. And they all tried it, brother. And then Tommy Rich now comes out, calls out Eddie Marlin. <laughs> yeah. What is this? <laughs> well, he's like... Saying how Eddie Marlin had to beg Bill Dundee and Rocky Johnson to come back to Memphis and fight them. I like it. They're like the new kings of Memphis. That's what they're kind of thinking, yeah. right? It's like, oh, we Jerry Lawler's never going to come back now. Yeah. We and shaved his head. And Austin Idol hates Jerry Lawler. You know, they have a big feud. Yeah. So we go back to the announcers now who talk about Bam Bam Bigelow and they throw to a promo. Now, this is fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. So Bam Bam's in this white shirt and sunglasses and he's immediately yelling about how he has to pay this $5,000 fine. Even though Austin Idol and Tommy Rich ram Lawler's balls into the post. It's true. They did do it. Right. And he's like, I'm not taking five grand out of my wallet and giving it to nobody, man. Good. I know. Bam Bam's amazing here. It's so good. He then brags about how when he was 16, he got his head tattooed. It's supposed to be illegal because the ink can go to your brain and kill you. I didn't care. Yeah. He was in prison at 18. He was a bounty hunter at 19. He was in jail in Mexico. He was shot twice. I didn't care. But this fucking committee tells him he has to pay $5,000. Well, you can kiss my ass. Fucking awesome. You know what's amazing? That whole promo, he's like, I didn't care that I, I did all this horrible shit, but that $5,000, yep. fuck them. Yep. Like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I love like, it. All about the money, man. Yeah. Tremendous promo from a young Bam Bam here. Mm -hmm. And now we cut to our expiration of time match, Dave Brown says, or maybe it was Lance. So in the ring is Soul Train Jones. He's taking on Keith Eric, who we've actually seen before, believe it or not. We have. We have. Rocky Johnson is on commentary with Lance. But before the match even gets going, Chick Donovan and Jack Hart hit the ring and they beat the shit out of both guys. Yeah, what the hell? It doesn't even, like, nothing even happens. It's just immediately this. Yep. Sitting over here with the soul man, Rocky Johnson, and you were scheduled, Rocky, well, it was to supposed be to be a tag match, and one of the guys didn't show up. What's going on? And I'm and I didn't even get a chance to say that Soul Train Jones is Virgil. It is? Yes. I didn't get Jones. to see his face. He was like knocked out so quick. <laughs> immediately. Like on the, on the linoleum <laughs> immediately. I know. Paul E comes in with a ton of powder, throws it on Rocky Johnson, who had tried to make the save. By the way, Barry is using a loaded sock. <laughs> it's real. It's real. 
Why not? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Chick Donovan lends a pile driver on Virgil outside here. And I'm going to say it one more time. I seriously like Barry Hor- Horowitz as an asshole. It here. works. He's yeah. good. It works. Now, Dundee and Jarrett finally hit the scene with chairs, and they beat the shit out of the heels. Fucking good. good. Enough already. They've been annoying everyone the whole thing. So you know Memphis is doing all right when we're cheering for Jeff Jarrett. Right. Jarrett's done nothing wrong. I know. He's like, I, I don't. I, I, I kind of stink. I don't want to cheer for him. I know, but... but. Hey, they're making me. You got to do what you got to do. Now, Rocky Johnson recovers and he beats Jack Hart's ass while Dundee and Jared are teaming, teaming up on Donovan. And the fans are going nuts. It's that sustained. Hey! Like, yep. just, it's amazing. It's great. It's very Memphis, man. I love it. So the faces now take great glee in beating the shit out of the heels before happily celebrating. And then they check on Virgil for like two seconds. <laughs> and then Lance sends us to break. And we come back with him and Dave doing their usual where they recap today's events. I love that Dave has to read through the results at the end of every single show. It's amazing to me. It's almost like he has to. Like, Uh, I must do this. The station says so. (laughs) It also always sounds like he's reporting like sports, like, you know, like back in the day when the sports would be on the 11 o'clock news, but it would be at 11, like 26 or something. Like, and they have to like quickly list like an Auburn beat so-and-so and and, like, you know, like the devils beat the Rangers six to two. And like, they're just not even going over what happened. Yeah. They're just saying it. That's what this is. That is what this is. You're right about that. We're also told by the way that soul train Jones did win that match by DQ in eight seconds. Oh, what a win. Yeah. What a big win. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Lance with a woo before saying bye-bye. And that's it. That's it. And as always, I mean, I knew it would be an extremely fun, fast-paced, no-bullshit episode of Memphis, man. This promotion, like we've said, is such a good time. It is Southern wrestling done right. Basically, the usual everything is good in Memphis. It's a, it's really a shame most of this stuff is hidden. Catch it on YouTube if you can, because we did. Yeah, it is on YouTube. What What's the date on this? Give them the date so that they have it. So this is May 9th, 87. May 9th, 87. CWA. So CWA. Look that up if yeah, you want to watch it. Fun, fun episode. Thank you, Don Depinay, Depinay, whatever your name is. And folks, remember to send your suggestions in. Uh, do that on Facebook, on the pin post. Or if you don't have a Facebook, you can do it on Twitter or shoot us an email. And a couple of quick reminders before we get out of here. want to thank you guys for an awesome 2021. It's been so great yeah. doing the show. The next time you see us here on a Monday, it will be 2022 for wow. episode 253. Like the future or something. Like the future. Quinn, are you going to be Baby New Year this year? Nah, I don't know. That's Big Show's job. Yeah, true. We'll find out on the canon, maybe, if yeah. you're going to be canon coming out on Friday. That's true. 31st. Anyway, folks, if you want the extra stuff, you know where to go. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate that. If you like what we do here, you want to leave us a review, it would help us out. Until that time, though, again, thank you very much for a wonderful 2021. It's been great doing the show. We will be back next week, next month, and next year for 253. Until that time, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. Happy New Year. See ya. This board, this committee tells me I have to pay $5,000. I have to pay $5,000. Idol and Austin can ram Lawler's that's right, in the post, nothing happens to them. But me, the beast from the East, man, Bam Bam Bigelow, oh, you gotta pay $5,000, man. Me and the king get off, boom, no, we don't. Them nuts get off. Well, I'm not taking five grand out of my wallet and giving it to nobody, man, because ain't nobody getting squat.
Now, I ain't nobody to follow no rules. I went when I was 16 years old, man, had my head tattooed. Yeah, they said it was against the law because the ink could go to your brain and kill you. I didn't care. I was in prison when I was 18. I was a bounty hunter when I was 19. I was in jail in Mexico. I was shot twice. I didn't care. But this committee tell me I have to pay $5,000 for doing damage to what's-his-name's things. Well, you can kiss my... Will you stop? stop. stop. stop.